Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Dip Show, the Desert Island Pick Show. I'm your host, Thomas Martin, uh, and welcome to episode four. Um, first off, as usual, I want to thank you guys for your wonderful support. Um, I keep getting, even now, into episode four messages from people that I haven't even talked to sometimes in quite a while with, hey, I checked out, I checked out the podcast. It was super cool. Keep it up. That encourages me like nothing else. Thank you for that. Um, I hope to have pretty much everyone and anyone that wants to be on the show on the show. So if you want to be on it, reach out, hit me up. Um, but also I want to talk about the future for a second. So um, this is going to be the final episode for about the next two weeks or so. I have finals coming up um, at uh, college. So that's going to keep me a little bit busy. But look forward to in the summer at about mid-May, hopefully an episode every single week. I know that these have been kind of sporadic. This is supposed to be going up uh, Monday, um, but these will hopefully be going up Fridays at 8 a.m. going forward in about three weeks or so. So keep an eye out for that. Um, uh, first thing I want to do before I introduce my guest today is uh, kind of address also some audio things as well. You may hear like normal, uh, maybe some explicit language, maybe a little bit of uh, some, some loud volume, as well as maybe some drinks moving around or something like that. Just be aware, this isn't a super professional Joe Rogan studio type of show. Um, and then lastly, the main premise of the show. I've noticed that uh, I haven't really said that the past few times, and if you're listening to this on episode four and haven't listened to episode one through three, you may be kind of lost. So the Desert Island Pick show is if you were stranded on a desert island indefinitely and you could bring one book, movie, album, TV show, and video game, and that's all you could basically entertain yourself with for the rest of time, what would it be and why? So I asked guests or guests what that would be and why, and that's the show, all right? So my two guests today, Amy and Emily, if you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hey guys, I'm Amy. And I'm Emily. All right, you want to tell the audience kind of about yourself, anything like that? Yeah, um, so we're friends of Thomas's from school. Um, we're co-workers actually as well, and we're really excited to be here. Um, so this is, I don't know, this is something I've been looking forward to, so mm -hmm. this will be good. But yeah, um, I'm an anthropology major, um, so that's kind of a cool little insight to that. Um, very fascinated by some of the, the concepts we're talking about and some of the reasons we pick them. I think mm -hmm. that's a little, little cool too. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me, uh, yeah. Amy. So I am currently an elementary education major, going off to student teach next semester, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but what I think you'll notice is kind of fun is Emily and I very much think similarly on oh, a lot yeah. of things, oh, yeah. and we have oh, yeah. this like same like wavelength connection where we just like know what each other are thinking. Like we've had conversations without speaking before. Oh, yeah. It's a little weird, and a little so, spooky. Yeah, just slightly weird. So <laughs> you might pick up on that. Yeah. <laughs> that we just like obviously can't see us, but like we'll be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they were for some more background. They were basically up until literally, I guess, about to be, um, not anymore. Um, I don't know wording this. They were slash are about to formally have been <laughs> my uh, basically bosses at at the um, job of being a tour guide for Stephen F. Austin at the university we all go to. Um, they were our basically our student leaders. They were our leads uh, or my lead, our lead. They say R is in the tour guides, right? But. Um, that's how I know them now, but I, I have met them variously throughout the program. I met Amy at a freshman year at um, an SFA 101 course, which is a really oh, yeah. cool course about like school tradition and kind of getting you into the college kind of frame of mind. Um, so I've known these two for quite a while, and I know I wanted them on the podcast, especially with how much they think I like to kind of see what their picks are, <laughs> why, if there's any kind of uh, shared threads between them. So it's going to be a great episode. All right. But first thing I want to ask is, what piece of media do y'all want to go over first? Oh, goodness. Ooh. Um... I could honestly jump off of any of these. Um, Do you want to start with book? I'm good with starting with book. Book, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. excited to I'm not much of a reader, so go for it. Yeah. The 
do you want us to just go ahead and like go for it? Yeah, so it'll okay. be whoever wants to go first on okay. each one. Well, mine was Out of My Mind by, let me make sure I get the author Oh, right. that's a good book. Right? By Sharon Draper. Okay. We didn't I, talk about this beforehand, by the way. <laughs> so it's essentially about this girl with cerebral palsy. Her name's Melody. And like the whole book is like her mind and like she can't speak. She's nonverbal. And yeah. like the whole book is as if like you were in her mind and like she has this goldfish and like it's essentially her whole life like as like I think she's like 11 yeah which is like really cool for me because like I want to be a teacher and like this is kind of the age that I'll be teaching it's yeah. like she, she communicates through the book like all of her wishes all of her frustrations yeah. all of her joys like good and bad what she notices what she observes and it's just like the whole insight of her mind and like I just I haven't read this book since maybe third grade yeah and we're what about to graduate college and yeah. like this book has like forever changed my life because like you just realize how much is going on in like people's minds yeah it's so, oh it's so cool i also just love psychology never did psychology if i could go back to college i would say psychology but like you just hear like her struggles as like an 11 year old with cerebral palsy and yeah. it's nonverbal. okay so this is wild and once again we didn't discuss any of our picks beforehand except maybe a couple i, th- I think we I talked think about movies movie. <laughs> movie was the only one we discussed beforehand i was literally thinking about that book earlier today in my living room at my apartment because i was looking at my roommate's bookshelf and yeah. all kinds of different books and i saw a fish on it and i remembered the fish mm-hmm. from this story and so i start thinking about out of my mind um it's such a good book oh so my goodness good. my mom had me read it because she read it my mom as an elementary teacher as well, um, and she had read it, and she asked me to read it, because um, she was like, it's just a really good book, I think you'll like it, and it was just, yeah, very, mm-hmm. very mind-changing in mm-hmm. a way, because you just never kind of think about that, and what it's like to not be able to verbalize any yeah. of your thoughts, but still have a full internal monologue, yeah. mm-hmm. and how, how intense that can be, but if if, if you book. If you haven't read, I mean, I haven't read the book, it mm-hmm. sounds very interesting, if you haven't read it, Go back and read it. That's some of the wildest reading I've ever done. It's like books that I loved as a kid mm-hmm. have not touched and gone back. And you're like, wow, this is still just as good. Mm-hmm. Or you remember stuff from it you 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 don't remember nowadays that was really big in the mm-hmm. story. Yeah, like Margaret Peterson Haddix wrote like a whole series with like found, scent, sabotage, mm-hmm. and then it like went on. And that was like my diehard favorite yeah. series. And I reread it. And I like picked up on so many different things. Yeah. And I was like, I have never heard this before. Yeah. As if like I hadn't already read it two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually about to do that with uh, with Life of Pi. That was a book I, I picked know. up. I think it was actually for like a reading thing I had in um, intermediate school. We had a contest that was um, like a local thing, and it was like called Battle of the Books, and you had this massive list, mm-hmm. and you had to try to read a bunch of them, and it was like a team, so usually we'd split up the books between like the members of the team to read what they wanted to read in those genres and stuff, and then you would go and like answer questions about the books. Um, and that was on there, if I remember correctly, and I was like, eh, this is kind of weird. It didn't interest me as much. And that, I've never even seen the movie, and I heard the movie's really good. Mm-hmm. But the book gets really deep and gets into the whole, like, mortality. And it's this kid in the, as the main kind of character, and it's it's very, very good. And I'm about to do it with that book because it came up just randomly. I was looking at stuff, and it just came up for whatever reason. And I went, I haven't read that since I was a kid. Like, I need to go read it, you know? And that's, like, I think the best type of reading. is not the, you know, new book or something like, you know, as an adult. It's the stuff you loved as a kid you go back to, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay, so my book, 
I was talking to Amy about the concept of this idea earlier because I was like, I don't know if the book that I'm thinking of actually exists in this world <laughs> because I had a very specific thing in mind. So, like I said, anthropology major, wildly fascinated by different cultures, religions, all kinds of things like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm stranded on a deserted island. I'm here for who knows how long. Like, what's something that's just going to be so interesting to read? And I was like, I would love to have a compilation of all the major, like, texts of the world religions. Oh, yeah. And so mm -hmm. I started googling it i'm like does this book exist and so i came across norton anthology of world religions and i've i've read some of the other norton anthology stuff before it's pretty pretty quality yeah. um so i feel like i would love to have something like that um especially just like religious perspectives something that i've felt like that picked up a, on a lot since i've been in the anthropology program is just how it, we're more alike than we're unalike mm -hmm. and it's so it's so mind-blowing to me sometimes and i personally um, am christian but you can see so many beautiful ideas and so many of the different religious texts throughout the world and so many of them there's so many common threads mm -hmm. throughout them mm -hmm. um and I, that's just kind of one of those things to me that's very interesting to see different very interesting to read I'm just kind of reflect on like we're all coming from such different backgrounds and different perspectives of things um and that sounds like a little bit cliche sometimes but it's it's very interesting when you think of it on the whole in terms of society and culture building and things like that like the religions that you see like they're such the core part of so yeah, many different absolutely. groups and so many things come out of that um and i just felt like that would be so fascinating and no, so i was absolutely. like that'd be like if you finally got all the time to like read all of yeah. these like um like there's just so much that you can pour into and i just yeah. think that would be that would be awesome well it's like uh, there reminds me a lot of the uh the concept that you're kind of talking about reminds me a lot of the um i don't know if he is the one that like not trademarked i don't know if he's the one that kind of coined it or if he was just a like basically a, a student of this philosophy but the whole hero's journey by joseph campbell oh, yeah. in california and like for those that don't know it's this basic idea that like every piece of literature or storytelling in human history for the most part follows this human uh, this hero's journey of Kind of someone stuck in a normal kind of everyday situation. Something draws them out of, out of that situation, like a crisis. Mm -hmm. And then they have to leave their kind of comfort, whether that's like leaving their home planet yeah. or whatever. And it's this kind of cycle. And the most famous example in the history of the world, in my opinion, is Star Wars. Because oh, yeah. mm -hmm. George Skywalker. Lucas was actually a student of Joseph Campbell uh -huh. at USC. Uh -huh. um, and Joseph Campbell actually said he's like the greatest student of his ever because he was able to do this on like kind of an interesting scale. Mm -hmm. But um, they've actually been able to trace that back to... Uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, yes. which is the oldest piece of significant literature in human history, mm -hmm. and it has the same cycle. And yeah. it's like, mm -hmm. that's fascinating. There are so many things. Um, and like, one kind of thing that I feel like I've personally found is when you have so many similar ideas in so many different cultures that were existing in wildly different yeah. places at the same yeah. amount of time like there's an element of truth to mm -hmm. all kinds mm -hmm. of those things once they tie together and so when you have you look at things like the hero's journey and things yeah. like that like this 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 idea that just exists like throughout time like where did this come from yeah. and it, that's one of the things that's really interesting to me from a religious perspective you yeah. know like from a spiritual one like well like what's your origin yeah. is there a similar origin is there or a creation story um and for me like i believe that and i think it's interesting when you look at it um from all those perspectives in the epic of gilgamesh that's just a side note very interesting thing i read it in a mythology class i took um last semester actually um and it was so crazy to me because there are some elements and you know a lot of people compare the epic of gilgamesh to like the, um, the garden of eden kind of stuff yeah, and yeah, some yeah. of the different things the flood stories all kinds of different things um 
and there are a few similarities but it's also like wildly different oh yeah um like there's all kinds of stuff that comes into play there's a very important like female character who's a prostitute by the way which is very interesting to yeah. look at from like an ancient text um and it's, it's very interesting um one of my sociology classes one of the big things we talked about is like the theory of world openness which is basically like at some point no matter what you believe whether you believe in evolution whether you believe in creation anything like that at some point humans get to a point of having so many options available to them that they need things to kind of help them decide what yeah, they're going to do absolutely. and so that's when you see like religions coming into play and things like that so for example if you believe in the creation story like the world openness that's when adam and eve like ate of the fruit right yeah. so their eyes are open if you believe in evolution it's when humans got to the point of their brains were big enough to be able to think about yeah, all these society. different things yeah. Yeah. yeah and so that was like crazy to me to think about and the Epic of Gilgamesh has some of that as well, because um, this female character comes into play, um, and she's a prostitute, like I mentioned, and so um, she sleeps with Gil- Gilgamesh, and like that's what opens his mind to basically, yeah. it like exposes him to new things, and so it's it's very interesting. I, 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 I need to actually sit down and read it. I know the basic plot, and what got me kind of reinterested in it uh-huh. lately was out of nowhere. You ever uh-huh. have those YouTube recommendations of something that it's like a nine-year-old <laughs> video, but it's really good? Uh-huh. It was a video, and it was this dude. And I got to figure out what if he's a professor or what his job is. Uh-huh. And it's, oh, it's Peter. I want to say Peter Pringle, actually. I'll have to double-check his name. He does all of these ancient songs and, like, poems uh-huh. and stories. Usually, there's a few exceptions, but usually in the ancient language with ancient instruments. And so, like, the, the video wow, was... The intro to the Epic of Gilgamesh in ancient Sumerian on an ancient like Sumerian like lute type string That's instrument, so cool. and it's the most mystical, beautiful like. Cause he sings it in this like stylized version that is apparently supposed to be how they would kind of try to sing back then. Uh-huh. And uh, the only th- the thing that struck me that the craziest thing about it was because he has it subtitled and stuff, you can kind of see what yeah. he's saying. Is this is the most ancient piece of literature we have on record, right? Uh-huh. And in this story, they're talking about in ancient times. Uh-huh. In ancient times, from ancient times. And they're talking about how, like, one of the lines that was just fascinating to me was, in the cities, when the ovens were first lit and the first pieces of bread were baked. And it's like, to go back that far where humans were, like, discovering bread, you know? And we have some kind of story of that. It's it's incredible. And, like, yeah, check out that video. He has... um. He does that. He does like some old English stuff, yeah. all kinds of cultural mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. and it's just it, it's fascinating. And yeah, the, the story of like how these kind of face, how these liter, how these uh, epics kind of all go together, mm-hmm. like with the ancient Greeks, the the ancient Romans. It's it's incredible, mm-hmm. um, and you just see a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. I mean, books now, I love them, and they're great. Um, I used to work at a bookstore for my listeners that don't know uh, in summers between college. And I love modern books. There's just something mystical about like ancient, ancient texts text and ancient mm-hmm. literature. It's almost like spooky with some yeah. of the things, like yeah. in, in a in a very positive way. Um, and that kind of goes into like the like I guess the spiritual aspect yeah. of it um, to me. And that's part mm-hmm. of why like um, there's one the piece specifically. So um, I was in choir in high school as well, and um, there was this piece we did for this big. We did um, a masterworks concert every year, so we do like a big piece, like we would do a requiem or some kind of thing. We did this um, one called Triptych um, by, I think his name was Tark. Um, last name was O'Regan for sure, though. Um, and it's this piece that was written with, like, 
ideas, and it was all in English, but it was taken from various, like, sacred texts from around yeah. the world. So there were some elements from the Bible. Um, there were some elements, I think, of the Vedas as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the Hindu texts, and, yeah. Yeah, the Hindu texts, and it was, the, like, it's just this incredible piece, and it weaves together all these concepts that they all have in common, and yeah. it's this, like, it comes into this idea of, um, like, eternal life, um, dying and being reborn, and all these things, and they all coalesce, even though they believe very different things about how you get there and it was, it was a very beautiful thing yeah. um and so i always go back to that with it but it's yeah it's, yeah it's amazing that's awesome yeah well that was that was an awesome book section yeah <laughs> so what do you want to talk about next Ooh, um, we have game tv album movie um, what do you pick Okay, let's go game. I'm uh, yes. excited about that. So I'm neither ready. of us are gamers. Yeah. Um, so my game. <laughs> my The closest I've come to being like a full-on gamer. Um, I had, like many um, children, I had a Nintendo DS. Um, uh-huh. It was pink, by nice. the way. Um, and my sister for my birthday one year got me an iCarly case for it. So, you know, you know, just very, very fun, very fun. Um, and so uh, I had this Nintendo game for it. And this was, I got this uh, Nintendo right around the time where like the Tinkerbell movies were coming out, right? Oh, yeah, and yeah. so where they're like, you know, it's like Tinkerbell's origin story, right? Yeah. And so, and then they did this whole series with it. But it was a Tinkerbell Nintendo game. Okay. And so you got to play as Tinkerbell and you would get to fly around Pixie Hollow. Um, and so you would go to all the different seasons because, you know, like in the Pixie Hollow um, cinematic universe, um, <laughs> you. <laughs> You would, like, get to go around the different seasons, and there are different, like, fairies for different seasons. And so the premise of the game is you're trying to bring the next season onto the mainland. And Mm -hmm. so you play through each season, and once you, like, complete all of them, you technically complete the game, and then you just keep playing again because it's just a fun little thing. And you would get to go, you would, like, do tasks for the different fairies. Um, So since you're, like, you're Tinkerbell, right, you're, like, fixing some of their items and things like that. So, like, there was a thing you would have to, like, chip the dust off of, like, these old pots. And then um, you would have to, like, blow into the microphone on the Nintendo. And so, like, I would just be, like, sitting. (laughs) No, I wasn't. I just have vivid memories. Um, And so, like, you would have to, like, hold the Nintendo up and you'd just be, like, onto all of it. um, Trying to get the dust out of the pots right and then you're like um, you're staining it you're cleaning them and then you could also go and like play with like the different like uh, like not main side character main, like fairies i guess so like the big ones from yeah. like mm-hmm. tinkerbell's friends at that yeah. time right so like silver mist rosetta oh Fawn, yeah yeah um all of them um video right so you could race video that was a really fun game right she yeah. was like the little like fast flying fairy um, and then, like, Rosetta, you would go, like, I think you you painted ladybugs. That's what it was. You painted ladybugs with her. And then, like, you would collect, like, dewdrops with one of them mm-hmm. um, with Silver Mist. And so that was a fun little game. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else. There was something, oh, with silkworms. That was with Fawn. Like, so you would, like, you would try to get, like, the silk off the silkworm <laughs> with your little stylus. Like, you would, like, spin it around yeah. or whatever. Um, and so there were all these, like, fun games. And mm-hmm. then aside from that, like, like, once you, like, completed your tasks, you could just, like, fly around Pixie Hollow. And so it was yeah. so cool because, like, you're playing as a fairy, which, like, yeah. who doesn't want to be a fairy at some point in their life? Um, very, very nice option, mm-hmm. um, you know, if this whole career thing doesn't work out. Gotcha, we at Disney World. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but it was such a fun game. And, like, along the way, like, you would get, like, money or things like that. Well, not really money. You would get items to trade, right? So you would, like, collect fairies or leaves or not fairies. Um, What's the feathers? That's 
that's the word, not other fairies. <laughs> you did not do that in this game. Um, you would get feathers and like leaves and like flower petals and things and you would trade them at the shop and you could have like items made for you. So you would have these like flower dresses or like leaf dresses. Like there was this like lily dress. And so like it was, you know, it looked like a flower, but it was, it was a dress, right? Very, very cute. Um, and then like it would have matching shoes and like all kinds of stuff. And of course the little fashionista I was, I would try to like mix and match flowers <laughs> and leaves and things. You could make like bracelets. You could like trade bracelets. Bracelets for stuff. This is way more in depth than I thought it was a, a Tinkerbell game would be. Right? Honestly. It was intricate. I really want to play it now that I've been talking about it so much. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. That, that was my game of choice. Yes. I still have all my Nintendo games. There were uh, there were a few favorites. Nice. I had a couple American Girl ones that were oh, really so fun. Was so much fun. Those were fun games. I had a Nancy Drew game. I mm -hmm. had two Nancy Drew games, actually. Ooh. I take that back. Um, all of those were fun. But yeah, I was a big Nintendo like, yeah. DS yeah. fan. That was that was a very fun time. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, that's my game. Well, it's funny because, like, I remember as a kid, my parents would not let me have technology. Like, yeah. TV was, like, a miracle to have. Yeah. So, like, I never had a DS as a kid. And then I remember in, it was either sixth or seventh grade, my parents finally were like, you know what, let's get you a Wii. Because mm -hmm. my pitch for it, because, you know, we did the whole PowerPoint thing. Yeah, reasons yeah, why yeah. you should get why a Wii. Should have it, yeah. <laughs> um, and my reasoning was so that I could play Wii Fit and, like, hopefully, like, yeah. Yeah. work out. Because that's yeah. all my parents were about. So they were like, okay, okay, we'll get you the Wii Fit mm -hmm. and, like, we'll get you the Wii. So that was a huge deal. And... So what's funny is the more Emily was talking, the more I changed my mind from this idea. Because originally I was going to pick Mario Kart. Oh, because yeah, Because I never awesome. had it as a kid. Oh, so I didn't either. My birth, my seventh grade birthday, my family from Japan was like, what do you want for your birthday? Um, so for those of you who don't know, my entire mom's side of the family is in Japan. So every year I always got like stuff from Japan. And so I was like, you know, Nintendo, like Wii, Mario. Yeah. Like, obviously that should come from Japan. So my grandma's like graciously bought me this Mario Kart set. It came with like double mm -hmm. controllers. It was like the big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We start opening it up. We put it in the device. <gasps> and because it's a Japanese it's region locked. Written, yeah. Yep, it oh, was region, -locked. region locked. Yeah. And so I had this like <sighs> game that I had been dreaming of since forever and I couldn't play it. And so, like, the reason I would pick it is because I was like, I've never been able to play it except when I go babysit and the kids beat me. Oh, I was going to ask, so have you still never played it? Like, I still barely. Like, I've I've played it maybe once or twice with the kids I babysit. But, like, All right, so we're going to have yes. we're gonna have a Wii Mario Kart night yes, then eventually. you so. got to play it. So that was my original pick. But then, like, the more Emily was talking, I'm like, you know what? I'm changing it. I'm putting Webkins. Webkins. Oh, my God! <laughs> I've playing Webkins for my life. Now, someone would have to ship me Webkins codes every year because, like, you know, they expire after yeah, a year. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh, the, like, coal mine or the mineral mines. Yes. Know, it was a the curio cow, There was the curio, curio shop, shop thing. Um, but just all the games. And, like, my mom, like, sustains my account for me, and so she keeps it going. But, like, oh, my gosh, like, if I could play Webkins all day, like, my favorite thing was, like, making the house for the Webkins and, like, you naming to, like, them. Pick the furniture. Yeah, you got to pick the furniture and everything. Like, just the, like... The endless games that came with Webkins and, and the, like the pets were so cute. They were so cute, and then I would have stuffed animals to hang out with me on the island. Right, right? And they were so 
cute. They were like, so much fun. The way, the way they, like, stuffed them, they were just, like, particularly cute. Like, I had this yeah. really cute little cow, and it was, it was so cow. cute. And then they have, like, the fluffy ones, and then mm-hmm. the, like, little, like, bristly ones. They had the ones. mini ones, too. Yes. I had the mini bunny. That was my first webcam. I had the I mini dog. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had, like, a hippo and a cow. The rabbit mm-hmm. was the first one I got. Mm-hmm. Um, Me, too. Was it the white rabbit? Yeah. That was your first webcam? <laughs> But yes. Yeah, so. See, this is a world I never got into. This was fascinating. I had friends that were into it, and it was always the thing of like, I was huge into games as a kid. Uh-huh. And what's funny is like, probably spent a little bit of money on it, right? Yeah. And my parents were like, "Wait, webcam?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to buy it. And there's a code, then it uh-huh. expires." You're like, no. Like, why would yeah. we? Why would we keep paying for that over and over? They also you know? had yeah. webkins cards. Do you remember those? They, they were like yeah. Pokemon yeah. cards. Yes, I rem- I, I remember seeing them. And like in limited too, like they I have like charm bracelets. I have, I have. I didn't the remember the charm bracelets. Um, I like. I feel like while we're talking about this, an honorable mention that came to mind: Tamagotchi. Like, oh uh, yeah, that was a that was a big favorite. Okay, we... my favorite was the bounce and burst from Webkins. Okay. Candy Bash, Wheel the, of Wow. The gem mining was definitely my favorite. I don't remember what it was Scott. specifically called. <gasps> Where's Wacky? That was a good one. Oh. I feel like this is such a 2000s, like, thing, you know? I am very Because even though I never played it, like, I had friends that were really into it. <gasps> Goober's Atomalicious. Okay, so this Shut one is kind of like Candy or Candy Crush, but, like, Webkin's version. Oh, yeah. my God, it was so good. Switcheroo. I'm really about to go just play Webkin's Do they still again. make, like, Webkin's? Like, I think so. Can we order some off Amazon? Yes. <gasps> I, what I if know... that's our timeshare pet? Okay, let's do it. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Thomas. Because <laughs> I know that, like... Club Penguin shut down. Uh-huh. And, like, it I know... shut down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did I just find out I think there's this? some new game or something that, like, replaced it. I was never big into Club Penguin. I wasn't yeah. either, but I know people were in, like... Pop Tropica. See, I know that, yeah. Pop Tropica I wasn't big into either. I would always play it when I went over to my friend's house, though. Um, Because mm-hmm. she liked Pop Tropica. And, like, it seemed cool, but it was just never... See, I never had a computer for the longest time. And, like, mm-hmm. my dad's was, like, strictly work, because he mm-hmm. works with, like, some pretty kind of, like... I don't want to say too much, but, like, he works with a... With a uh, a company that contracts out for the government, so there was no way I was even touching yeah. that computer. And then like, <laughs> yeah. And then like, my mom like, I think she had a computer. But, like that was never a thing. And then when I got mine, I was so into console gaming. I never. And my, my, I mean, the computer I got wasn't like a gaming. You know, it wouldn't do anything like that. So I yeah. never really got into it. And I think part of it was money too. Like my parents, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I feel like it was so much of an easier sell to say, hey, here's a physical game I want to buy. Mm-hmm. Please buy this for me. Then. Enter in money to throw it into the void of the yeah, internet, yeah, you know. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's really cool though. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, webkin. There's something that like it's just one of those two thousands things from when we, were, when we were kids that like, mm-hmm. at least for me, I never think about it until I hear it and then I go, wow, mm-hmm. that was like a huge deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like like the uh, the the silly bands, other oh, other things, bands. you know, other things that were like trends. I had so many silly bands. I still do. <gasps> You're looking up webkin. I am. <laughs> they have a raccoon. They no, do. you don't understand my obsession with raccoons. But that one's thirty dollars. Oh my god! So to any of our listeners, if you would like to send us to donate to the webkins fund, <laughs> to donate to the webkins fund. Oh my god! We will look this up. We will find a webkins. I hope we still buy. Maybe them. ordering the raccoon. I'm just gonna send my fiance the link to it. And be like, <laughs> this is what I want for my next birthday present. <laughs> I'll I, get you one for your wedding. <gasps> oh, thank you. I, I'm still sad that you got the Mario Kart thing and it was region locked. Oh my god. Yeah. I feel like that's so that's, good too. Like you literally well, got Mario Kart from Japan. That's a thing like, that's, that like, it, it's a thing they used to, they don't do it anymore because people got really mad about uh-huh. it where 
part of it was like I think to restrict sales so people wouldn't like buy them cheaper from somewhere else because mm-hmm. certain countries used to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. But like you had region lock things like North America with its own system, mm-hmm. and then you had like Europe, and then you had Asia, and then if you were lucky, you had a South America, Africa like region. Like, you could not do movies, you couldn't do games yeah. from other countries, and it was, like, a huge deal. And what's funny is, like, people will pay top dollar for Japanese games from, like, Nintendo, Sony, mm-hmm. that they can't even play, but mm-hmm. they're, like, collectible, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember what's funny now is, nowadays, it's kind of like, they manipulate the system because you can buy, a lot of people mainly buy games digitally now, and, like, on Nintendo Switch, people will change their account to Japan location mm-hmm. to get games you can't get over here, mm-hmm. and it'll play it, but it's, like... What and so that uh, that really that really breaks my heart that you couldn't uh, play it. Like I still oh. remember, like I have this vivid memory of sitting in front of the TV with the box like ready to go, and it just oh, like that is, was like oh. cannot work, and I was I cried for at least a week. I'm not even exaggerating. I was. Uh, it's okay. My cousin got it. We sent it back to Japan. <laughs> yeah. Hope he likes it. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, we will have a Mario Kart party because that is it's so good. I have it on so Switch, good. and it's I'm like really bad at Mario. It's Kart so good because I also didn't grow up playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's Let's been, do it. Yeah. I got a um like kind of on that, but unfortunately, the happy version of that story. <laughs> my uh my parents got the family Wii back during the big Wii craze, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I mean, I still am, but I was a huge, huge, huge Star Wars fan as a kid. And there was this game that was like Star Wars: The Clone Wars lightsaber duel on Wii, and you would like it was like a fighting game where you would one v one each other. <laughs> and my grandma got me the game, and these like really cool like Chrome Wii remote uh-huh. uh, like cases, cases with little lightsabers on them. No, that's not mine. And I, and I well. opened them up, and I like basically started crying because I was like, Grandma, we don't have a Wii. Like this isn't this one. In my stupid kid mind, I'm like, Grandma doesn't know the difference between a Wii and an Xbox. Oh. She just got us the wrong thing, and so I'm like. Thank you, Grandma. It's really nice. But like, we don't have a Wii. And my mom's like, open the next thing. And it was the Wii. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know? That's so sweet. It was crazy. It was like, it was insane. So yeah, like the the Wii thing of like, really cool stuff, but I don't have that. I kind of get it. Like, it was this huge box, like the controllers and all that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, that's like when my parents on Christmas couldn't remember which box was what. Oh my goodness. And so it was when I got my first laptop and it was the same Christmas that we got my mom an iPad. It was like the first iPad. It was Uh way back when. And I remember my dad accidentally labeled both of them to my mom. And so first my mom opens the iPad. She gets her iPad. I knew about it. But then the next box I gave to my mom, and it was a laptop. And I was I was so bitter because I was mm-hmm. like, why did mom get both a laptop yeah. and an iPad? And my dad's like, no, that, that, that's yours. And yeah. I was like, no, it says it's for mom. And, like, it's fine. And he's like, no, really, that's for you. Santa doesn't mess these things yeah. up. Santa doesn't mess these up. So I have, I'll also never forget with my laptop. Yeah. With my parents, like, misaddressing the Christmas yeah. presents because I couldn't remember which one was what. Christmas memories are the best. Like, I have so many gaming ones like that. Like, I remember I was like, Seven years old, six years old, and I like uh, there was it was between the original Xbox mm-hmm. and the Xbox 360, which came out in 2005 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, there were so many games I would see commercials for, whatever, specifically Star Wars games mm-hmm. that were only for the new Xbox. And my dad one time was like, "Hey, buddy, come here!" Like, because I would play my Xbox in the same little office space that he would be on his computer, mm-hmm. and he showed me this trailer for this amazing Star Wars game, the Star Wars Force Unleashed, and I was so hyped for it. And at the end, it was like, for Xbox 360, blah, blah, blah. And I got really upset. I was like, oh, okay. And that Christmas, I got an Xbox 360. Aww. And I, like, I bawled. I was oh, crying so, so hard. Cute. And then, like, I just so many memories like that. Like, we were living in an apartment um, before our house got built. Like, our, our the house that, like, my parents built, whatever that they live in now. And um, 
that was the Xbox One PS4 era. And those things, like right now, for listeners right now that are even remotely into gaming or whatever, the PS5 is the hot new item. You cannot find it. There's a chip shortage for all kind of electronics. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like you just can't find them. It was almost that bad. It wasn't as bad as right now, but it was almost that bad back then. You just couldn't find them. And I was like, please, please, please. You know, know, I want an Xbox One, please, you know, whatever. And uh, the whole thing was Christmas is over, right? I mean, it's over. Like, we're cleaning up or whatever. And like, hey, um, here. And they give me a box and it's the controller. Like, hey, we couldn't get the Xbox, but here's the controller at least. And I was like, oh, my God, thanks, blah, blah, blah. And my mom was like, seriously? It's fine? I'm like, well, yeah, I know they're hard to find. And they go, go go in the laundry room. And there's the Xbox. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But the catch was, it was amazing. But because we were about to move from the apartment to the house in, like, two weeks, yeah. I couldn't open it. I couldn't set it up. So it was like, it just, it just sat there. And I was like, all right, all right. We're so close. We're so close, so you know. Close. They should just give it to you at the I know, next house. I know. So, yeah, I, I have so many memories like that with, like, opening gaming things yeah. and, like, you know, and being like, please, please work. <laughs> But yeah, so we will definitely have a Mario Kart party. Um, So we've done book, Mm -hmm. we've done game. Mm -hmm. What next? Ooh, part of me wants to go TV show. I'm down for that. Yeah, do you want to start? I started the last one. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, I really had to think this through because, like, I have a running list. So I have like a bullet journal. I love bullet journaling and like keeping track of like a bunch of stuff that I've done in the past. Um, and so I have written down every single TV show I've ever watched. Oh, wow. And That's I, dedication. like, check off, like, what seasons I watch and things like that. Because I'm really, like, I'm, I'm sure you can tell, I'm really bad at, like, remembering, like, the details. Like, I, which is ironic because I'm very detail-oriented. Yeah. And I'm one of those <laughs> we work together. Um, I'm very detail-oriented, but after I watch a movie, I'll forget everything. Yeah. I will forget every, like, I can't remember quotes for the life of me. That's probably why I'm not good at social studies. Um, and so... I was going back and forth because I'm like, if I'm stuck on an island, it needs to be a good show with a lot of, like, oh, yeah. different, like, mm-hmm. draws to it. And yeah. so I came down to two and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to say it when I say it and figure out which one go I Go for think. it, go for it. Um, so my current debate is between Jane the Virgin and Glee. Okay. Hear me out. I know, <laughs> I know Glee is one of those, like, cheesy shows. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think I'm going to pick Glee. Okay. Because the soundtrack... You basically have a built-in, like, That's music playlist. That's a good playlist. point, yeah. Great that yeah. is a good okay. point, yeah. There is season three finale. If I ever need to cry, I will put on the season three finale and sob my eyes out. I can never, I couldn't tell you a time that I've cried more. And Emily knows I cry a lot. I've never cried more than the first time I watched the season three finale. Like, it was that uncontrollable, like, yeah. sobbing into my pillow because I didn't want to wake my parents up. Like, oh, hyperventilating, yeah. like. I was heartbroken that oh my episode. Gosh. Um, but then you laugh and then you cry and then it's like a little bit of like mystery and action in the middle of it. And then yeah. they like change the cast halfway through and go to New York and then there's like so many plot lines. How many? Because I've only seen like the first season. How many seasons are there? I think it's eight or nine. Wow. Yeah, that's there's a good pick. There's quite a few. Um, and it never ends, and it's just so good. Um, so I think I would pick Glee, although the telenovela storylines of Jane the Virgin are just, like, amazing. It gets predictable by the end. Yeah. And I think that's why I would That's why you would, yeah. Because there's so much of Glee, and because I can't remember anything that happens, I would watch it over again for the It's like a brand new show. Yeah. 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 Um, and you can also watch any episode in, like, you're not missing out yeah, on Yeah, it's episodic. Like, yeah, 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 I get yeah. that. It's I like get the that. office where you mm-hmm. can just like pick up on whatever yeah, episode. Yeah, that's, like, that's actually the exact reason why I prefer The Office over Parks and Rec. Is because yeah. Parks and Rec, one, you really got to be starting from the beginning of at least uh-huh. a season. And 
it has that same thing where it gets very predictable. It's like, okay, we know something's almost going to save the day. It's going to get yeah. saved. Yeah. So I, I totally, totally get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I very much pick Lee also because I'm very much a Rachel Berry. <laughs> like if, if there was a character in my unit, <laughs> it probably doesn't say great things about me. <laughs> I would be Rachel Berry. <laughs> and y'all can probably do Your that. work ethic, for sure. It's just, it's unmatched, yeah. honestly. <laughs> like, point, yeah. like, you'll be like, all right, let's go. Let's get started planning. And he's like, here, let me take up my blinders that have already gotten worked out. Second by second. <laughs> so yes, I would pick Lee. That's, that's a good pick though. I like it. I respect it. Um, okay, so my TV show. So I was debating back and forth between two as well um, because, okay, so the first one that I was like, definitely for sure, Full House, and Ooh. that's the one I'm going to go with, but I am yeah. going to mention the other show. It's um, the Wonder Woman series with Linda Carter. Yeah. Back in the day, I loved it. My mom bought me um, the first season, like, on DVD. Um, she bought it for me and my sister when we were kids, and so we would watch that. And so it's just, like, classic Wonder Woman. Of course, my sister and I would run around with, like, jump ropes as yeah, our yeah, yeah. golden lassos and, like, all that stuff. So that was a really very nostalgic one. But the one I'm going to pick to take to the desert island with me is Full House. Once yes. again, there's so many seasons there is an episode for every emotion Mm -hmm. there's a life lesson in all of them because you know you're stuck on a deserted island you might lose a little hope every once in a while and that's that's something to kind of kind of you know lift you up again Mm -hmm. but there are so many different interesting characters there are those ones that like come in like periodically throughout the series that kind of adds it in um i think things get more interesting once aunt becky comes in because you know she just brings fun energy to it um but there are so many cool episodes like the the disney i think it's a two-parter episode where the full house like the whole family goes to disney world that one just iconic in my memory um it's a big thing my sister and i talk about quite regularly actually (laughs) because i like there's a scene where uncle jesse's playing the piano in the grand floridian and like my family are big disney fans right Mm -hmm. And so we just, we always talk about anytime we go back to Disney now, like we're in the Grand Party and we're like, if only John Samuels was down there playing the piano. Um, I think I did hear y'all say that last week. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were talking about it and it's just, it's so like so many different things. Um, yeah. You know, they've got, they've got some interesting plot points. It's a little cheesy at times, but I kind of like the cheesiness factor. And I'm a big person that like, I love TV shows that I can keep on in the background. Yeah, I like having yeah, background noise. Yeah. And so what I like about Full House for this is like, you know, you can tune out some episodes if you need to like do some other things you just want some background noise when you're tired of the birds chirping and you know the wave sounds on the island right <laughs> um but then you also have those like fun little two-parters right yeah, well, really so you invested, got like disney yeah. world so it's kind of like an extra movie there's one where they go to hawaii and then the beach boys show up uh, so you know yeah. you got some music too really wow and then yeah the beach boys i've, I've never got i mean i've only seen full house in those random reruns at, on, like, Nick at Night. See, and they I were used, good, but yeah, I never yeah. really watched I used to it. watch those reruns, like, religiously. And apparently, like, Full House is on Hulu now. And well, so, I don't know if you... Have you seen that new... Uh, is it Netflix? It yeah, like, they the did the remake. Was that of good? It. No. Fuller House. Oh, um, yeah. it, was, it was one I watched it, and, like, of course I enjoyed it. But it was one of those, like, you know it's cheesy. Yeah. And it's not, like... It looked kind of sketch. It's not well done. The thing, my biggest critique with it, I think, is they tried to play too much into the nostalgia. Yeah, if they had continued... Yeah the series and did the same kind of like the same kind of essence of it where you know it's a very wholesome family Mm -hmm. show kind of thing um but you have that dichotomy between the like you know you have the kids storylines and then you have the adults in the house storyline but they just kind of mimicked the plot of it um did you watch it Mm -hmm. okay do any of you mind like me like no i know yeah i guess 
Yeah. Warning, warning for listeners. If you want to watch <laughs> Fuller House, that's been done now for like a year or two. Yeah. You know. Um, so like the plot point of it is exactly the same as like Full House, but instead like this time DJ, the oldest daughter, yeah. um, she's the single parent with three kids. Um, and like her husband is a firefighter and I think, I, I think, yeah, firefighter, I believe. And then he dies like in an accident on the oh, job gosh. or something like that. And so, yeah, they start off with the families coming back in to help her take care of the kids. So yeah. exactly the same premise as the original yeah. show. And it's like, okay, there, that's cool. But then they just repeated like so many storylines, but they, it's kind of like they played into the show. I feel like at this point they knew, like a lot of people thought of the original show as cheesy. So they were yeah. just like, we'll just play into all the cheese. And so there was some of it, like I wish they had almost taken it a little bit more seriously yeah. because they could have done a better show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But there were some interesting points. Um, and it was... It was enjoyable to watch and, like, you know, keep up with your, your people. And then, um, you know, all the, like, like Lori Laughlin stuff happened. Oh, and it was gosh, like, Ooh. yeah. Um, but, oh, man. Um, yeah, that was yeah. something else. Mm-hmm. Original Full House, definitely a favorite show of mine. I mm-hmm. love watching it. Um, still one of the best intro songs. I, I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everywhere you look. Yeah. Everywhere is a heart. Yeah, still one of the best. And, like, just, like, to me, intros are so hard to get right because the music's got to be great uh-huh. but also the video yes. like what you show mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like for 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 full house for the office like it's so good like parks and rec to me is like 80 percent where it's like the music's great mm-hmm. the intro i'm not as much of a yeah. fan of there's always those shows that get super close mm-hmm. and full house just knocks out the park one thing that makes me sad about like modern tv shows they're kind of straying away from like the theme song because like yeah. it's less of a like a sitcom yeah. world now everything's got to be like a really big drama show or something like that and even the ones that like kind of start out with it like Grey's Anatomy for example like they start out with their little like nobody knows the theme song kind of thing and yeah. then now like in the later seasons which I don't even really watch anymore because that's a whole other tangent <laughs> um but um like in the later season of Grey's Anatomy they just did like a few little like opening notes and then they oh, just went yeah. on into the show and I was like where's my theme song yeah. like yeah. I I like those few minutes of like jamming sure, along and then sure. like netflix now they have the option to skip the intro yeah. and that's Which, like blasphemy I, I, I understand like, if yeah or if you've like seen it like for me the office million times mm-hmm. i think okay we get it you know so i understand it but no i get where you're coming from one that i was pleasantly surprised i'm just gonna plug it right now mm-hmm. the most positive feel-good show i've seen since probably The Office, or no, no, no probably since Parks and Rec. I watched Parks and Rec after The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, cause everything else after that has been pretty dark or drama or mm-hmm. sci-fi or whatever. Um, Ted Lasso. The problem, the biggest yeah, problem with it is fine. it's on Apple Plus, so it's really hard to watch because oh, you got to have yeah, that yeah. or you got to get a free trial. The good thing is you can watch it in the trial easy. I binged it in two days. Well, not even really a day and a half. Mm-hmm. It's like ten episodes. I want to say they're thirty minutes a piece. They're very short. It's got a theme song. Mm-hmm. It's this. It's based off of an SNL skit with uh, Jason Sudeikis, and he plays an American, good old Kansas country boy football coach oh, at, like, a D3 community college, and he is, he wins, or he, like, wins, like, the, I believe, like, they're, like, D3 national championship, whatever, and this woman in England uh, gets possession of a football team, like, a, a soccer team that is pro, like, NFL-type level, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. from her husband, who she's divorcing. She gets it in the divorce, and as a punishment, and she, she keeps this a secret. She doesn't like, tell people this. She's going to ruin the football team, and she's going she's to make it horrible. So she hires this this American football coach to come coach soccer, and it's and it's and you think, oh, it's going to be really goofy, and it is very very funny. But the character of Ted Lasso, and I'm just I want to know why he did this because it's so good, and it comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Is the most positive, upbeat, Aww. inspirational character, and it's like. It's 
kind of sad because like Jason Sudeikis in real life was like going through a divorce oh, when yeah. he wrote this, and yeah. his character in it is like going through a divorce, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. kind of sad. But out of nowhere, I just expected it to be funny and kind of dumb because that's when I was like really goofy. Yeah, it is just so like inspirational and like yeah. hopeful and like has a little bit of serious, but you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of like kind of heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, ten episodes, thirty minutes yeah. a piece. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. That's the thing I miss about like modern TV is like yes. it's a, so I'm very much non-action type of girl. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. not really a big fan of it. But like all the throwback shows like Gilmore Girls and like yeah. like Gilmore all those the, that type of show like doesn't exist anymore. It's, yeah, it's very or rare. it's like short like lived shows. Like when we're like yeah. talking about like Glee and it's like eight, nine seasons long. Like yeah. you see the very shows are yeah. so long running and most shows nowadays barely make two seasons. Yeah. And yeah. I I feel like there's just some so much that's kinda of lost to the art. I feel like and it, maybe it says something about kind of the direction the world's in right now, but like People, uh, people are gravitating towards these like really heavy shows, just mm-hmm. like all the time. It's always some kind of murder show or some kind yeah. of like really heavy drama kind of thing. And I think those definitely have their place. And like I definitely enjoy those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like who doesn't love a good yeah. crime show every once yeah. in a while? Or like Grey's Anatomy. Like yeah. sometimes really you just get drama, sucked into yeah. the drama, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like people, and especially like writers nowadays, I feel like they've lost that balance between like the positive, the humor, the drama. Because if you want to have a heavy drama, you can have drama that like really brings people in and draws yeah. people into your show. But you have to have those lighter moments Absolutely. where it just gets like dragged on. And that was my biggest issue with Grey's Anatomy. Like recently, yeah. like I feel like they just like the quality has just gone down and things like that. And I think it's both TV and movie. I mean, I yeah. think that part of it is this phenomenon that. People realize now that you can do movie quality TV mm-hmm. in a whole season and you get more of it than a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. But also, this thing of like, I've seen this with movies, comedy just doesn't exist in a standalone form anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think back of comedies, and I'm talking like 1980 to 2010, mm-hmm. there are so many. Mm-hmm. Super Bad's like one of my favorite, um, you know, Airplane, like all kinds of just like kind of goofy, like that's their genre is comedy, mm-hmm. right? Nowadays, the most you get is a comedy action or mm-hmm. yeah. comedy, whatever, and it's very rarely good. Like the last one I even saw that was remotely Rob good. Vision. Oh my gosh, I love your well, like, <laughs> I think it was three years ago now. Was Stuber with uh, Camille and Johnny mm-hmm. and Dave Batista, and it was this really goofy. It was still an action movie though, but it was very, very, very comedic. Yeah, it's like an Uber driver gets like basically made to drive uh, undercover cop around on mm-hmm. this mission. And it's all you know hijinks. Mm-hmm. That was really funny. That's like yeah. the last comedy I really remember as a movie and TV too. You know, like there aren't really any great new mm-hmm. sitcom. I get. I, I don't know if y'all seen Superstore on like NBC. I've seen, I've seen a couple of episodes. Yeah, it's a good last one. Last Man Standing is our family favorite. See, I need to watch that. I've heard you have good things about it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard good things about it. It's mm-hmm. pretty funny. Tim Allen does a good job being mm-hmm. Tim Allen. Yeah. Like he's, it's very like it's yeah like that and like Modern Family. I think are like oh, that's I've one never I really, watched. I really need to get into family. Modern Family. I've never seen it. I've heard really good things about it. I I watched it because our tour guide in Italy was like talking to my dad and was like if you were a character you were oh my gosh what's his name the dad from the show oh i think i know uh, what you're talking about yeah i have him vividly in my mind he got married to uh sofia vergara Vergara? no that's the that's the grandpa oh okay my bad i can't think of the dad the dad of oh my gosh i'm not gonna be able to think of it right now but But yeah yeah. um yeah so that's the only reason our family watched the show is because our tour guide was like if you were a tv (laughs) character that's who you would be and so the whole ride home from italy my dad was on the airplane watching episodes and he'd be like is this me is this why it's me and i'm like yes (laughs) so but yeah i just think you know maybe we'll see a resurgence of it or something but maybe we can just make our own there we go there we go you know i mean how hard can it be right yeah yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> start with our lives. It's quite a comedy. Oh my gosh. Well, the weird thing for me too now is like 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 with Full House, you have two types of revivals. Mm-hmm. You have which I think there's pros and cons to each. Mm-hmm. You have the let's just make a new show, which I think is the worst option. Yeah. Because you see it with like you know you see uh. Full House, Girl Meets World, which I've heard is garbage. I heard um, that too. Yeah. Like I never watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, um, what more am I saying? Oh, yeah. The, um, with, uh, what's her name? The Roseanne, the Roseanne show. Uh, with well, yeah, I never watched either of those. Well, I know that guy had a whole fallout and then like they kind of kept it going without her and they just kind of kept yeah. the show going. But, or you have the reunion. Like uh-huh. Friends just finished filming theirs. They're going to like debut that eventually. I am so excited. Yeah. About Fresh Prince had one that was like, I think it's like an exclusive to one mm-hmm. of the streaming services. Mm-hmm. Those are better, but still kind of weird. And I don't know, like to me, there's no way they can capitalize that much on the nostalgia. I just, you know? I'm, I'm very much one of those like, d- like just let it rest. Like yeah. you're allowed mm-hmm. to have 100%. a good thing just as it's good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and I've kind of been like that, like especially with like a lot of the like, remake movies you know where it's like let's take the villain of this story and like now they're like the protagonist yeah. i think that can be really well done sometimes but i think sometimes people like use it to the like the like fullest extent and they're like let's do it with every character yeah. ever 100%. and it's like and sometimes i think i think one thing i'm really drawn to in like books movies tv shows and things like that like i love that classic like good versus evil kind of thing and yeah. i think sometimes like when you take all these characters and you try to go back and, like, relive the nostalgia yeah. or you try to do everything, like, to just, like, basically, like, you just keep milking, like, the cash cow. Yeah. Like, I just, sometimes you just do it too much. Yeah. And, like, I feel like we've seen a lot of that recently with all of the reboots. Like, I felt that way about, like, Full House. I felt that way. Um, the Gilmore like, Girls one. The Gilmore Girls the one. Gilmore I, no, don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoyed the revamp of it, but it was nothing like I wanted yeah. it to be. And, like, they could have fit so much more into that timeline. They wasted so much time mm-hmm. doing, like, Had it been things. just that, it would have been phenomenal. Like, the Stars Hollow musical, like, what was yeah. that plot line? I wanted to see more Logan Huntsberger, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a team Logan. I don't know what you are. Ooh. I very much was both. I just I I like Jess a lot too. I think I loved Jess the Once most. Once Jess gets I'm not older, like yeah, yeah, like he gets his life together. But I like, rooted for him. I, I was the always dog. I yeah, I I respect that as well. Jess mm-hmm. is like Jess and Logan are like a tough, tough time. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm like, I'm like all right, all right. So Dean is Rory's like high school boyfriend, kind oh, of, Dean. kind of your like boy next door yeah. kind of stuff. He starts out really well, but then he comes back later on, and then like there's a whole like. Thing that happens and it's just like like what are you doing boy yeah. and then um jess is like her second boyfriend he's the bad boy but like with an ultimately yeah. good heart and so mm-hmm. he's really smart and like witty and stuff like that and then logan is this like rich trust fund kid that she meets at yale and yeah. like he's this really fun kind of life of the party yeah. guy um like he's not in a frat but like kind of that same energy yeah. kind of thing and they have this different like club that they're a part of that i'll say um and so um and they all just like intertwine at the yeah point. They keep yeah. coming back yeah. into her life i always and... liked logan though yeah. i just something about him the maybe a voice <laughs> <laughs> say that like that's a thing <laughs> like, it's not no offense to them but I, that's just never been something i've expressed before and that was the that was the tone of what she said <laughs> <laughs> you said it like it's a discussion we've had. <laughs> well, it is now. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. Okay, what's Those next? were really good picks for TV shows. I, yeah. I feel like we didn't make some quality choices. Um, we got album and movie left. Ooh, um, Mine kind of intertwined, so I could go either way. Um, 
I say, okay, so my album, I was kind of torn between two on there as well. I definitely have a movie picked. Though, okay, okay so. so if you guys want, we can do album first. Okay, okay. let's do album. Um, okay, so I'll mention both of mine, and they're very, very different ends of the spectrum of music. Um, I'll say, like, okay, I definitely got a lot of my music taste from my dad. Um, and so very much a lot of the, like, 80s jams, things like that, like, that kind of comes into play. But he has a pretty eclectic music taste, too, and so I have a little bit of that as well. Um, so the first one, which I think is going to be, like, my solid pick, um, The Best of Bob Marley. Okay. Oh. So my dad, like, in it's like he really likes reggae but specifically like bob marley um which is kind of funny because like you just wouldn't like think of that like looking at my dad wouldn't like think i like reggae looking at me um but it's just it's kind of one of those things like especially bob marley like he had a lot of really good like messages in his songs the things he stood for and like there's a lot like when you look into like his life history and things like that like it's just a very interesting thing in his music like there are so many songs that you just listen to and you're just like happy like you've got like um like three little birds obviously that's one people tend to know no woman no cry like that one Mm -hmm. just a good song um trying to like jamming i shot, I shot, the, sheriff, on. Like, I shot the, yeah. the sheriff um it's just just so many different ones that are just so good um redemption song like i can think of that one and like i feel like that's just the perfect album to have on yeah. an island with mm-hmm. you like it's oh, it, oh that's it really feels good, good. Yeah. it feels good the reggae definitely i feel like like you're feeling that on an island yeah. especially but mm-hmm. Like, um, Bob Marley specifically, I always associate it with, like, summer days um, yeah. where I would just, like, be outside and my dad would just be, like, playing Bob Marley from, like, the porch or yeah. something like that. Just because it's a sunny day. It's summer. It's, yeah. like, you're just you're just having a good time. Um, and so, I don't know. I think, I feel like more people should, like, give reggae a chance. Oh, like, I, Bob Marley, I, I, like, there was a semester in, how young was that? I want to say mm-hmm. freshman year of high school, maybe middle school even, mm-hmm. where for whatever reason, I don't know what it was, I got into him so deeply yeah. and I, I watched documentary on him yeah. mm-hmm. i listened to all his albums i was like obsessed with him and like his story of like growing up in kingston and like being dirt poor and like wanting to just make people happy and like like play music and like mm-hmm. like his music yeah like it's so inspirational and so positive and like the stories it weaves are incredible and just oh my gosh like him as a person is really interesting like, i have a favorite uh interview of him that i love watching all the time it's like um this like uppity kind of like like i think he's from london uh journalist and he's like so uh you know i know you're very popular here i know you're very popular in the states like are you are you rich are you very like wealthy whatever and he's like the money makes you rich he's like look i have all these friends i have all these family like i'm happy that's Mm -hmm. what makes you rich Mm -hmm. and that like truly who he was it wasn't just like talk you know um and he's just oh as an artist and his music Mm -hmm. is so good i remember um back then when i was looking him up and kind of researching him and stuff it was fascinating because I think it was Time Magazine, named his Exodus album the greatest album of the 20th century. Mm. And I was like, man, I guess if you had to pick, like, the best kind of uh-huh. music that was, like, positive, but also, like, culturally uh-huh. significant and, like, technically significant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fascinating, too, like, going back to the conversation about um, religions and stuff, mm-hmm. Rastafarians believe that there's, like, going to be a music at the, end of, at the end of the world or at the end of time that, like, brings society together and, like, people from all walks of life... And he's like, how is that not reggae? He's like, it's a fusion of like African, like like native, like American a little bit, a little bit of jazz, mm-hmm. a little bit of rock. And it's like, it's peaceful. It's like, it's about God. Like it brings everyone together. That's a really, and it's, it's a beautiful way to look at it. You that's know? a really interesting like point as well. Cause like I'll say, I mean, I'm, I'm like mildly informed on like Bob Marley as, um, 
like a person as an artist i'm very familiar um in obviously like some of the causes he championed things like that like i know like yeah. the like kind of a, a moderate level about that but like that's an interesting point because i had never yeah. like i never knew yeah. that before mm-hmm. but when you look at it like it makes a lot of sense um like the, for that to be such yeah. a cool thing for mm-hmm. if you get a chance go check out some like, of the documentaries that, yeah, that would be really cool yeah. to watch i definitely need to check that out um but that, yeah, that's a really, like, a, that's an interesting point for yeah. him to make about reggae. And I mm-hmm. feel like it does, um, like, whether you personally, like, believe that with, like, the Rastafarian idea or not, um, it does definitely have that feel to it. Like, mm-hmm. reggae, it's mm-hmm. just, like, because there are so many different influences in it. And oh, it's yeah. just this big, like, beautiful, like, conglomerate of ideas yeah. and styles and things like that. And mm-hmm. I think there's something about it that could appeal to anybody if more people would give it a chance i feel like oh, yeah. i feel like not a lot of people ever think to like branch out into it um just because it's not like not as like, it's not as american street. popular you yeah, know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's big in africa it's big in brazil mm-hmm. like you know but yeah like there's i remember the song that i listened to that was like it's not a mainstream one it's off that exodus album called, called natural mystic and it's this very kind of dark song for reggae about kind of the end of times like mm-hmm. like judgment day mm-hmm. but it's beautiful and it's this like trumpet and it's like just very like it, it's it's such a weird adjective but it's a smoky song like it it's like fog or smoke where it just kind of like it's mm-hmm. going slow and you mm-hmm. feel kind of like hazy with it mm-hmm. um and it made me go whoa this genre is way bigger than i gave it credit for and like yeah. there are people that go off like there's a guy that um Matisse Yahoo, Mat- oh gosh, I want to butcher his name. He's a he's a um a, a a New York Jew who like does reggae rap or whatever, Ooh. but it's all about his faith and like it, he came became super orthodox because really he was like a kid that he was like in high school he did drugs and stuff and he was ethnically Jewish, but he like wasn't religious and he like found God and stuff and he did this whole career of this beautiful kind of reggae music with a little bit of hip hop and stuff, wow. all about his journey and stuff and like you find that stuff. Bob Marley, because Bob Marley's the most popular, culturally, like, yeah. known reggae artist, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. that That's the, oh, that's maybe the best pick I've heard so far for <laughs> the island, because it's just so fitting, you yeah. know? I just feel like there's just, there's so many beautiful elements to Bob Marley's, like, songwriting and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, looking at the, like, list of songs, like, I pulled up the album, and, like, just so many, like, beautiful things, like, One Love, like, yeah. all kinds of things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It's just very uplifting, and I think, I think people need more of that, um, and I think he and bodied that with his music yeah. very well oh yeah um and like, there's a really a very strong legacy with that um, is it I think it's, is this love it's like one of my favorite mm-hmm. almost underrated songs about him and his wife like him realizing like it wasn't just getting married and having kids it was like living with someone like sharing your life with them yeah. but mm-hmm. one that makes me so sad about Bob marley is like in america at least the over just like commercialization of like bob marley equals weed yeah 420 like that's my parents, one thing i don't well, yeah, yeah, my parents literally wouldn't let me wear a Bob Marley shirt to school because they're like, "Look, mm-hmm. you just don't want to have that image." And I was like, "Guys, come on! He means so much more than that." But you know, yeah. people don't know that. And people and people do that with so many different things. Yeah. They'll pick the surface level thing yeah. that they associate with it because yeah. that's because um, like that was definitely something I never associated with Bob Marley yeah. either because I knew it as like the music we listened to like in the car, yeah. like driving on a sunny day and like stuff like that. Um, and so yeah, people definitely limit it to this like. I almost like the cult following, yeah, I guess, sad, with like yeah. the, the the drug image or things like yeah, that. It's, and it's, it's depressing it's sometimes. So much more than that, and people yeah. people limit people limit lots of things through stereotypes and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. that's sad. But yeah, Bob Marley, I feel like he'd be good to have on the island. Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. Pick Amy, how are you going to top that? I don't know. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I saw um, what you had pulled up, and I feel like it was a solid option. 
Yes. Okay. So. So everyone just know. Yes. Well. Okay. I think I'm gonna go. So my two choices was either Ava's greatest hits because oh. you cannot go wrong with Ava. There's a song for everything, and but I'm not gonna pick that. Oh. Oh. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I sound terrible after going after Bob Marley. It's okay. Um, Music picks a Jonas Brothers self-titled. Oh my god. Yeah. Because here's the thing, there are so many good songs on this album, and like. It's only 42 minutes, but that's okay. Um, because, like, 42 just, great minutes. It'll be the 42 best minutes <laughs> of my life. Because I think, like, my favorite song that, like, I know, like, for me has been, like, kind of my go-to song. So I'm like, maybe this will be my life story. But it's just friends. It's about, like, this, like, two best friends. And then yeah. they, like, go off and do life together. And then they eventually get married. Aww. And, like, it's just a really cute, like, sweet, yeah. but, like, upbeat song at the mm-hmm. same time. Because, like, I'm very much, like, a country girl. If you, like... Or in my car, I will be listening to country. If I'm setting, I will be listening to country. But like, I can. Li- I love country music. Don't get me wrong. But if I'm stuck on a desert island, I am not going to yeah. sit here thinking about sad love songs or beer or like yeah. all the t- stereotypical country music mm. things. But like, just has just that's just the way we roll, and it's just like a fun like yeah. song. Australia, like when you look me in the eyes, like, all these, like, amazing SOS. I wish Burning Up was on this. So maybe if there's, like, a Jonas Brothers Greatest, <laughs> greatest hits, hits. yeah. Um, but, like, there's just something about the Jonas Brothers. Because, like, I remember as a kid, right after they all split up, I was very much, like, a Nick Jonas fan. But, like, I always said, I was, like, the one concert that I wish I ever went to was a Jonas Brothers yeah. concert. And then when they came back for our freshman year, I was like, oh, my gosh, I like, yeah. my dream is coming. Yeah. I went to that concert with oh. my sister, and it was the... I've, I've been to a good many concerts. Yeah. My dad's a big music fan, like I mentioned. And so, like, the the first concert I ever went to was a Jimmy Buffett concert. Nice. Um, That's and awesome. then the second one, that was a more, like, established concert, Duran Duran. I saw oh, them in third uh, grade. Yeah. And wow. I, it was so fun. Uh, cool. um, and so I've seen them. We've seen Paul McCartney. We've seen Elton John. We've oh, seen all these greats. God. My yeah. dad is very much a big one. I've seen Elton John twice, actually, which Ooh. is, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, but he's a big one. Like, he was like, you got to see the greats. Like, yeah. if you yeah. get a chance, like, Holy we're going to do it. And so I've been to a good many concerts. The Jonas Brothers concert, the loudest concert I uh-huh. have ever really? been to, because you just have a stadium full of. Yeah, we saw, well, we saw them at the um, yeah, um, and so you have this like huge room of mostly women, and yeah. most of us at this point are in our twenties, right? So because yeah. it's all the people who love the Jonas Brothers, so like 20, 30s aged women, um, and we're all just there. People are screaming their heads off mm-hmm. the entire time, anytime. Like and just the whole time, like I felt like I had ear damage after it, but it was it was so crazy. And then like I feel just so many of the songs, like you're just there. It's so much nostalgia in one room. It really is, and I think that's why I would listen to it over and over again because I just have such fond memories of it. And their new stuff's good too. It is good. I haven't listened to it as much. Their throwbacks, I I mean, because like. Mm-hmm. Big Nick Jonas girl, especially with um a little bit longer, like that, like really tugged at my heartstrings, and like I went to like the Nick Jonas concert when it was like the Nick Jonas like jealous era, you oh, know. Yeah. Went to that concert. That's the first and only concert mm-hmm. I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, mm-hmm. I wow. yeah, it's it's interesting, and so like I just the Jonas brothers just have like a happy like oh, yeah. good feel to it that mm-hmm. like I watched like both of their documentaries during quarantine of like. Them so growing up and mm-hmm. like all of that stuff, and I I absolutely love the Jonas Brothers. That's like, wow. It's they're, funny because like they're kind of like they were kind of cliche, but yeah. now yeah. they're on the comeback. It's kind of no, like, like they're cool. They were like the one one of the few like 
when I was a kid, you know, we were all kind of, I guess, for the most part, into Disney, Nick, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Most of the bands I knew of or heard some stuff from, you know, Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. Big Time Rush, whatever, Jonas Brothers, I really didn't hear much from them ever, but I knew people were such big fans of it. I yeah. just never really got into them. Mm-hmm. And when they came back and they had, was it Sucker or Cool? Sucker, One of those two. Sucker. That was the. Those, I remember watching the video and being like, this is really good. I was like, yeah. this is awesome. Sucker is a good song. Yeah. Like, and just the, the groove of it kind of. It yeah. just, anytime I'm here and I'm like, all right, we're going to turn it up. And then yeah. What a Man Gotta Do. I love that song. And it's weird because they're all like married now. Well, that's in the video kids. for Sucker was they like, have all their... yo, this is really cool. Like, yeah. the way they included everyone. And they had oh. all their wives slash fiancés or girlfriends yeah. at the time. Yeah. Now all of them are married. But but um, that whole album, like the new album that they came out with, Happy News Begins, um, they've got like so many of the different songs. Like a lot of them, you've got some really like pumped up songs. You've got some songs about like their journey. Like there's a song um, uh, called Roller Coaster. And yes, it was fun when we were it. young, but now we're older. Yeah. And it's just so cute. And that was what they opened the concert with. Yeah. So they're just up on stage just like singing that's that line. Awesome. It's amazing. And then they've got songs like Hesitate. And it's talking mm-hmm. about like that's one that I think Joe wrote um, talking about like Sophie Turner and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically like, you know, like you'll, you'll help your partner out with no matter what. And then so many of their different songs and things like that um they're written about their current wives mm-hmm. in their different stages yeah. of relationship it's and it's so, cool. so beautiful like yeah. when you kind of think about like their little love story and it's just it's very it's very sweet mm-hmm. um so they yeah the new album is great yeah beautiful happy go-tos absolutely i was gonna say i was saying with the that kind of thing of like being into them and then kind of getting back into them mm-hmm. someone that like i don't know how it happened but it was i remember being as a kind of a younger kid like just from the radio and stuff, into Taylor Swift's, like, old-school kind of country hits, uh, right? Yes. But I was always, like, I was never a big modern country person. Always, I was always kind of old-school country. Probably, I've probably ranted about this on the podcast before. <laughs> I'm very much old-school country. But mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's, like, classic kind of hits were always great. Never really paid attention to her. And then yeah. I'll never forget my sister got 1989 uh-huh. as, like, a CD or something like that for uh-huh. Christmas. And all she wanted was, like, the digital version of it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me like, download this to my phone, like, off the CD, because it was already there. Mm-hmm. Let me just see what it's like. Uh-huh. And I, like, became obsessed with that. Yeah. See, okay. Like, 1989, I mean, that was, like, and that was right when I started dating Lily. Uh-huh. And really, like, started, like, ramming up the relationship. And, like, the memories with that album and those oh. songs. And, like, I love her now. Like, she's great. But for whatever reason, just that album mm-hmm. will, will hit so hard. Everything else, like yeah, it's good, but mm-hmm. it's just that one, you know. It's it's funny to me. The other album I was gonna pick was the Taylor Swift Lover album. Yeah. Um, because that one I have a lot of like distinct memories with because um it was really cool to me because as I was like kind of starting out and progressing in um my relationship with my current fiance, um that was kind of around the time the Lover album came yeah. out, and so it's this big album about how in love it's she is with her album. new yeah. boyfriend. And it, they're just kind of their beautiful love story. And there yeah. are all these, like, fun songs on it, some meaningful songs and things like that. And I just heavily associate it with all, like, that dating yeah. stage. And it's so, like, it's funny to me to listen to now, um, like, all the different songs on it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another favorite one I picked, um, yeah. just because there are a few ones. Um, the, like, my favorite from that album, like, Paper Rings. I think mm-hmm. that one's just a cute one. Yeah. Like, I like shiny things, but I marry you with paper rings. Like that's, it's just so cute, and I don't know. I feel like everybody has like one Taylor Swift album that they oh, specifically yeah. hold to. Yeah, I defend sure. it so hard. Like mm-hmm. I remember someone tried to tell me like, what was the Bad Girl album she had? Reputation. So, I love. So, okay, Reputation. I get it. Someone tried to tell me it was better than 1999. I almost had a stroke. See, I was like, what? I think. I think. Um, 
from like a critical standpoint, like 1989 was a better like yeah, done yeah. album. Mm-hmm. But knowing like the story behind and I the get reputation it. Yeah, I get that. album mm-hmm. and kind of its its idea, like in a pub in the public image, it has very much like this, like oh, it's her vendetta against all these yeah, people that yeah. were calling her out. Only really a couple of the songs on the album are about yeah. that. Most of them are about her getting into this new relationship yeah. with the boyfriend she's had for like several years now, mm-hmm. and it's all these feelings of like you know like how does my reputation impact yeah. this and things yeah. like that. And I think, I don't know, it was really cool. Like, yeah. that was, that was, Reputation album, that was the album that, like, kind of got me into Taylor Swift. Yeah. And yeah. then I've been following her since. All well, even her new reboot, like. See, I, I need to listen to the, what's the folklore it's one? It's so. Folklore is good. Yeah, I need to listen Evermore, to Evermore, good. Mm-hmm. And then she's doing her Taylor's her version stuff, of Fearless. Yeah, yeah that all came her stuff, out too. yeah, again. Um, and that was kind of, that's kind of interesting to me. I never liked, like, country Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, just for whatever reason, like, I love country music, but yeah. I didn't like the country really? pop like a weird crossover mm-hmm. um and so i never was into her like when i was younger i liked her more when she transitioned over yeah. to pop and then going back and listening to like the fearless album i'm like okay some of these kind of bops mm-hmm. like not kind of they're bops for <laughs> sure um like fearless has been stuck in my head for many days now yeah, yeah. um like that's just one you just well, like, it's like blast out the truck window. Oh, like, oh, there's there's just something about this new Taylor's version uh-huh. that is like I can listen to the old version, but there's something about this new version. Either she I need added to give it a listen then because I really haven't listened to it maybe once. The old is version is just so the one I usually add on my playlist. The new version, I think, I think there's very much something in the magic of like. We've seen we've seen this girl grow up into yeah, this woman, and yeah. now she's owning the work that she yeah. poured her yeah. heart into for all those years, and she's got like she's kind of dominating mm-hmm. the industry. Honestly, well, she's just yeah, like sure. it's always funny. It's funny that you said you didn't like the originally the, mm-hmm. the old country because I have like I'm in a fraternity, and some of the most stereotypical macho uh-huh. frat dudes <laughs> uh-huh. that I love the, that'll come on, and we all wrote on the windows, and we all are singing it. And we, <laughs> Because it's just so, like, to me, it's like, that was, like, peak. Like, we were kind of kids, and it was on the radio. And it's it was definitely, just so... like, iconic. And all of yeah. her, like, very famous songs from that time, definitely, like, You Belong With Me. Like, yeah. who doesn't love yeah. it? Love story. Like, yeah. Yeah. All oh, Too yeah. Well is my go-to scream with the windows yeah. down or, like, Forever and Always, but the piano version are my go-tos. <laughs> like, you just have those, like, classic yeah. songs. But this whole new album she just came out I need with, to, I need to really get that listen. It's really mm-hmm. good. Well, see, I want to try the folklore album, too, like, because I, I, re- I remember I wanted to get into it. I got distracted with stuff. But, like, one person I've gotten into lately, not super deep yet, but that whole sound is similar to this album is what I've heard, is F- 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 Phoebe Bridgers. Like, okay. her whole kind of, like, folky indie sound. Mm-hmm. I've heard some comparisons, too. I don't listen to Phoebe Bridgers personally, but I've heard some comparisons yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. It's very much, like, kind of a folksy album. There yeah. are a couple, there's, like, one song that kind of blurs the country line, and she actually performed it at one of the, like, country music award things. Yeah. I've never seen that. Betty. And, like, oh, like, Betty's just such a, like, it's a cute song. Yeah. And it's about, like, it's from the perspective of, like, a teenage boy who breaks his, like, then-girlfriend's heart. And, Aww. like, the whole song is him just trying to get this girl back and so cute and then um the folklore album like they have um there are three songs in it that's like the teenage love triangle and so there are two other songs that go with that one yeah and it's kind of like the story from all the different perspectives yeah. that came there's one from the girl betty there's one from james the boy and then there's one from like the other woman in the story mm-hmm. and it's so good the folklore album is also a little bit depressing um yeah. like i listened to it i remember when it came out i was in like such a good mood that day and i was like i'm so <laughs> excited and i just listened to it and i was like this is the saddest thing yeah. and i was like i just can't i'm not in the mood to listen to this like i need to be sad to be able to like appreciate it properly <laughs> and um 
Like, there are a couple songs. Like, she was a lot more creative with it. Like, there are a couple, like, breakup-y kind of songs yeah. on it. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, did something happen? And, like, mm-hmm. no, she was just being kind of creative yeah. with it. Um, but I was, like, and I was, it was right around the time, like, I, like, we were getting close to getting engaged, like, my fiancé and I. And so I was like, I'm not in, like, a breakup song. Like, headspace. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And, um, it's a beautifully, like, beautifully done album. Evermore, the one she came out with yeah. afterwards, mm-hmm. too. Oh, so so she's always been like that's the reason I love 1989 too is because like what's funny was the the album that I was basically burning on my computer to then put on my phone was like the the CD right and it mm-hmm. came with all these extra like demos and like mm-hmm. here's how I made this track and like that was her first like she had what was it what was it red that was like mm-hmm. pretty much pop but it wasn't mm-hmm. full pop yeah. and 1989 was full pop and she like breaks down like how she produced this stuff how she came up with like some of these weird like synth type mm-hmm. stuff. And it was like, wow. Like, she's very, very creative. And I think that's what makes her stand out is she puts so much effort into that kind of stuff. And she's so intentional. Like, everything is so intentional. I feel like she's finally getting the recognition as, like, an artist and not just, like, oh, she's really popular with, like, tween girls. Like, she's being seen for what she's really been all along in a lot. And I think she's made some good points about there's a lot of, like, internalized misogyny that's been thrown And ageism, too. Like, young people aren't supposed to be impactful in music. They're too old to be impactful. And I feel like she's finally getting the recognition for, like, her lyricism. Like, some of her stuff, like, it's just like dang like you wrote this at 16 like yeah like it it's just mind-blowing mm-hmm. and so i feel like yeah i'm glad she's finally kind of getting like recognition as an yeah. artist and not mm-hmm. just like a singer you know yeah i think well i think also and i think it's harder for women in music as well but mm-hmm. it, this guy's nowhere near her level in terms of creativity and skill yet i mean maybe one day mm-hmm. but i'm a big post malone fan and oh, i yeah. used to i used yeah, to think yeah. of him as a joke and then i really got into him mm-hmm. and like Okay, cool. Maybe you're turned off by the whole like tattoos on the face stuff, whatever. But like you look into his story and how he makes music, the dude learned guitar because he loved playing guitar hero and he just said, I should just learn to play guitar. And he learned to play guitar. And then like the dude the dude moves out to LA on like a whim, drops uh-huh. out of college. Like in the old school rock and roll days, auditions for these metal bands, doesn't make it, uh-huh. makes this goofy video for White Iverson and blows up. And the dude like gets made fun of, which I always kinda laugh at. Like older guys kind of a lot of older kind of country guys and like my, I guess, kind of hometown type, I guess, demographics will always kind of make fun of him as like, oh, he's this weird hip hop guy. But like, mm-hmm. he is like diehard country fan. He's a diehard rock and roll fan. He mm-hmm. can play guitar. He can, he covers, uh, he, he sung with, uh, what country star was it? But anyway, that kind of, like, he has so much of the same flexibility as Taylor does in terms of like all these different genres. Mm-hmm. And he also, people are like, okay, one hit wonder. And he's had like three albums out yeah. that are just exploded you know and i think that's the thing is like people don't think young people can be which to me is like we should have learned this lesson in 1965 (laughs) when the beatles dropped like eight albums in five years but you know you got to be like 40 now to be a lifetime achievement kind of person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah taylor like i'm just very curious because she's really not that old yet you know like she's just yeah 30 it's crazy like what else is she gonna do you know i i think i it's very cool to me because I look at her from the perspective that, like, past generations look at, like, like Elton John, Paul yeah. McCartney, these, like, mm-hmm. big names that you're, like, that, like, my dad, you're, like, I have to take my kids to see yeah. this person perform. Um, and, um, 
Billy Joel, that's another one I've seen. Yeah. That was a really good one that just came to mind. I had to mention him as well. But, like, to think that, like, we're growing up in the age where it's, like, we're seeing Taylor do all these things. And it's, like, I feel like she's going to be that for us where it's, like, oh, I remember oh, yeah. when this song oh, came yeah. out. It's all I thought about in the summer of quarantine. Like, yeah. you know, just the, the really sad folklore album that's also incredible. And, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah. it's really cool. It feels, mm-hmm. her, she to me is like an example of like, oh wow, like I am kind of living history in some. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. and, and it's it's weird. Like I, I, I'm used to seeing kind of like you, a lot of these classic rock bands, a lot of metal mm-hmm. bands like with my dad and they're all very much older. Mm-hmm. Like almost none of them are under 30 at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's always kind of like, oh cool. Like you kind of got to imagine what like their prime would have been. Mm-hmm. I took my sister to see a band, Greta Van Fleet, two years ago now it's quite a while back um they're like they sound so much like led zeppelin they're not led zeppelin they're not a cover band they are really creative they get they get a lot of crap for that but just the experience of seeing a young heavy rock and roll band jump around the stage Uh like it would be in videos of like led zeppelin from the 70s was like such an experience like whoa Uh like this is what my dad would be seeing you know yeah and it was like it just they're a great band on their own right but it was like that thing of so it's not just history, it's mm-hmm. current, you know, kind of day stuff. The history yeah. book on Incision Shelf is always yeah. repeating itself. Yeah. It really is. Waterloo, I was defeated, you won the war. <laughs> so, that was a great, a great album discussion, we got really into that. Uh-huh. Um, before we go to the last piece, which okay. is the film, yeah. I want to talk about kind of the goofy segment, I don't think I really brought it up with, with listeners uh-huh. but we started doing a segment about two episodes ago we're going to keep it going before the last big media piece kind of a break um don't worry not an ad break um <laughs> we're, we're going to be talking about what sponsor <laughs> we're going to be talking about what food dish so like not something you have to eat every meal but if you're on this desert island surviving off of coconuts fish whatever uh-huh. but you could have one meal or dish kind of at the snap of your fingers whenever you wanted it what would it be and why of course I'm still debating. Okay. I I have two picks. One is like a dish and one is a snack food. Can I share both of them? Sure. Okay. Go for it. So the dish. Um, So, you know, the like hamburger helper, like genre, like genre. Genre, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Still caught up in album world. Um, But yeah, like hamburger helper, there's tuna helper, but they have tuna helper tetrazzini, right? Okay. Yeah. And so as a kid, I was like really picky about meats. And so um, my mom would always make like tetrazzini for us or like, it was just a thing my family did. It was just, just this tetrazzini. We wouldn't put like chicken or tuna or any kind of meat in it. And I was, like, obsessed with this Tetrazzini. And I am still obsessed with this Tetrazzini. Yeah. And any time I eat it, I am transported back into, like, my seven-year-old body. Yeah. It's just the best thing in the world. And um, so I would bring the Tuna Helper Tetrazzini box and anything <laughs> I needed to make said Tetrazzini on the island. Um, but then the snack food. Okay, so I actually blame Amy for this one. <laughs> um, so... Um, Amy and I were hanging out last semester at one point with one of our other friends, um, one of our other coworkers, Will do well, um, and uh, they had this, they had this bag of chips, okay, and our other friend is, like, talking about, like, how, like, kind of awful they are, and they're, they're talking about them, and I'm just like, I have to try it, and so there are these like, spicy pickle chips from, they're Lay's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're Lay's, um, and so we're all like trying them and they're 
the best and worst thing yeah. you could possibly <laughs> eat. Um, like they hurt. It's like the it's like the oh. oil and vinegar effect, oh. but then the spice of it. So it's like the oil and vinegar like takes some of your taste buds. It makes them sensitive already, and mm-hmm. then there's that extra spice in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that that pickle and spice combo Ooh. that's just terrible. But it's addicting I for like some salivating. reason. I want like, some right now. I want them. I have some. Really, back that good at my oh, place. They're, so they're good. like. Like you hate them while you're eating them, but you can't stop, mm-hmm. and it's 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 horrible. Like I and wonderful at the same time. I just have so many emotions about these mm-hmm. chips. I talk about them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can ask Amy. This this is a regular discussion because I'm trying to like understand the phenomenon, phenomenon why, yeah. of the hot pickle chips. Like what is it about them? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I would bring them just for the just yeah. for the, the fun of it. Maybe I would dissect it on the island, like figure you it out. Wine and it's like good, and then you're like, oh my gosh, my mouth is on fire. But you want to keep eating them, yeah. and then your mouth constantly is like yeah. getting on fire. But they're also so good. But then the pain and the, just, yeah, and then the acidity kind of compounds, yeah. and it's yeah. just it's 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 wild. It's the best worst thing that you could ever eat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Closest thing I ever had like that was they don't even make them anymore. I'm really sad about it. This weird off-brand of Doritos. It's Doritos, but it's like their weird sub-brand called Doritos Jacked, and it was like it looked. It was like it was like a it was a font that looked like it was metal, and it was like jacked. It was like steel or something, and it was these like I guess like super manly or extreme chips or something, and it was buffalo, uh, buffalo ranch dipped hot wing or whatever. Okay. And it was I mean it was good, but it was like because it was this jacked brand. It was so over seasoned, and I could eat maybe four or five at a time. And then yeah. it was like, okay, I'm done. And it was like so spicy and so like that weird tang of like the ranch mm-hmm. thing that you're like, oh, yeah. I really like this. But it was too much. Like it would like burn your taste buds basically off. And so you had to like put them up after a while or mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to eat later. Like that's <laughs> for manly taste buds. <laughs> it, yeah, it was such a weird thing. And I tried to look for them like a few months ago, like because I kind of was like, oh, I kind of want them again. Uh-huh. Can't find them. Don't know oh, what happened God. to them, you know? There's always those snacks that like. If I could bring them back to life, I would. Oh, yeah. Those yogurt bites, I forgot what they were. Yogos, oh, yeah. yeah. I would bring back yogos for life. It's like a Dr. Pepper just came out with a Dr. Pepper Zero. Yeah. And I'm happy about good. it. Yeah, I love it. I actually have some here right now because <laughs> I I love um, Pepsi. Pepsi is like my number one. But being from Waco where Dr. Pepper's from, mm-hmm. I'm used to having Dr. Pepper all the time. Oh, and yeah. I, I really don't need to be drinking like sugar. Mm-hmm. So I really don't drink normal soda anymore this much. And Dr. Pepper used to have Dr. Pepper 10. But, yeah. like, they just, like, like it's not discontinued. I've checked. But they just, like, stopped supplying it to 90% of its places. Mm-hmm. I found it at a gas station on University, like, about That's a month ago. And I found it at, like, a Dollar General one time. But I, it's not in Walmart. It's not at HEB anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's such a weird, like, yeah, we still sell it. We still make it. But good luck finding it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so Dr. Pepper Zero was like, okay, cool. This is at least something, yeah. you know? Because mm-hmm. that Dr. Pepper... Not the move. No. Not the move. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mine would be, I'm having, a, I'm looking through my photos of like things I make because um, I take a picture of all the meals that I make to remember. I think I would, and my parents would know this very well, mushroom chicken alfredo, like fettuccine pasta. I don't even know if that's the right order, but any ingredients to make <laughs> yeah. that. 
Um, I am addicted to fettuccine alfredo, and like whatever I can put in it's there, a good dish. it might be shrimp. So I could honestly like Ooh, grab the shrimp, shrimp yeah. from, the, from the ocean. Oh, I yeah. like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm being resourceful Local sourcing. Uh-huh. There you go. There you go. Because like I love pasta, and I love like that yeah. creamy sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I might like make it a little spicy sometimes. Yeah. Some like, crab, like we were talking about. Oh yes, crab. Ooh. We were talking about crab on the way over here. We were. So I would do chicken alfredo pasta with like mushrooms, garlic, garlic toast. Yeah. Yeah. All that good stuff. Um, that would have to be my dish because I couldn't live without it. Yeah. I think my snack, though, there's this Smart Pop movie theater butter popcorn. Oh, I've had that, yeah. It's like smart food, and you can you only can find it at Walmart, and yep. it's almost never in stock. Yeah, so whenever seriously. I do find it, I like literally, like I have a dedicated like cabinet in our yeah. house to like stock up on this because every time I go, it's not there, and then I finally find it, and it's the best thing. Yeah. I can eat a whole bag in one sitting. I mean, I've only seen me do it's it. Good. I can eat a whole bag in one sitting. It See, is understandable. I've tried some of it. It's mm-hmm. good. I used to have that exact obsession with the sour cream and onion one. Yeah. But because I couldn't find it, I switched to, uh, what's the one? It's like the white with like the green kind of stripes on it, popcorn. It is not really flavored. Yeah, smart pop. There's no real flavoring skinny on it. skinny pop. Yeah, it's. I almost want to open my pantry right here. That right there, yeah. yeah and it's the skinny pot, but it's like the, the big size. It's mm-hmm. just you know, a little bit of salt, yeah. and that's really it. So I do miss the flavoring, but it, the problem was I kept trying to find the movie theater and the sour cream and all these other kinds, and they're so hard to find in stock. Man, I want popcorn now. I know. I, every time I walk into Walmart, I'm like, we have to make a dedicated yeah. stop to go find the smart food pop. Well, it's like, I miss, uh, I, I really, really, really miss AMC movie theater popcorn. So uh, much. Yeah. So much. And I'm worried good. that like if they go to business forever... That is something that I'm going to tell my kids about. Like, because I'll never get to experience that ever again, the way they do it that way, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's heartbreaking. I will say there is, so my roommates have this, like, movie butter that they, like, put in all of their popcorn. Oh. And, like, I... They, like, buy this? Do yeah, it's, like, it? a little container, and it's, like, just, like, huh. butter, like, pellets almost. Oh. oh. But, like, I mean, like, grain. Because I have, like, the pellets. movie theater oh. uh, seasoning thing. Like, a little, like... Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it gets it there. Like, it, it helps it. it. It's not there, all the way not there. It's not quite. Mm-hmm. See, just, for me, it's the texture. Like, the, the liquid the, butter. The yeah. AMC it one. Marinates. It's like, it sounds bad, but it's almost like more plasticky or more like <laughs> stale ish, but it's in a good way. It's like, yeah. it's different. Like, microwave popcorn is the different. memory of it, too. That's oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Definitely. Also, the fact that it's so expensive now to buy movie theater popcorn. I know. Just, it's like a luxury. It's, it's so expensive, yeah. <laughs> One thing, like, my fiance and I are excited about, like, once, like, some of the COVID stuff, like, lessens up, and it's like, things are actually finally looking kind of like a good outlook Seriously. recently. I'm so, yeah. so I, optimistic about this I, summer. I really hope, and of course, you know, that's not the truth, like, for all the situations in the world. Like, India, I know yeah. right now. Like, I just feel terrible for yeah. them. Um, mm-hmm. But mo- going back to, like, movies, like, that's just such, like, a small thing that I feel like a lot of people took for granted. Like, oh, yeah. We're really excited to kind of do that. Um, but, like, new movies have to come out first. Yeah, I'm like, planning on, like, the week news. after finals to try to yeah. go to, um, because I wanted to see it during the school year, but mm-hmm. we got busy with stuff. Kong versus Godzilla. Because yeah. that's, like, that's a movie that's theater a he's movie. he's excited about, know? too. Yeah. Um, so that'll be good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's a good segue to our movie topic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Look at that natural. Look at that. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, this is my turn to go. Yeah. All right. First. This one was a hard one, um, and you'll very much follow my trend of what my taste is. Okay. So my top three 
were High School Musical. Okay. Nice, nice. Not High School Musical 2 and 3. Just High School Musical. I don't know if I would pick the first or the third. I haven't Ooh. quite decided yet. Not the second. No disrespect to yeah, the second. It's second still one, great. It's good, Who is the best? Oh, what? No. What? Maybe the, that's another we need to dissect. The summertime setting? Oh, no. okay. We'll come back. We will oh, come back. We will thoroughly discuss this mm-hmm, and I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, so High School Musical, don't know if it's going to be one or three yet. The Greatest Showman or Mamma Mia. So I already talked about like ABBA's greatest hits, you know, because like the thing with Mamma Mia, if I pick that, like it's like, again, with like the Glee thing, it's like a musical, it's a love story, it's low-key action and a little bit of mystery to be like, who's the dad? dad, Um, But then you got Greatest Showman with like essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I've watched The Greatest Showman five times in one sitting. Like, oh just my on gosh. Re- we were on our flight to Italy. Eurovision isn't great, but I couldn't watch it more than once a, a while. Yeah. <laughs> Love it dearly. Um, and then of course High School Musical. I oh I I think I have to go with Mama Mia. I support it. Mama Mia. Mama Mia. I guess Mama Mia. Mama Mia is really good. I feel like that's one of those you can watch like anytime. I feel like Greatest Showman. I could just quote it enough. I mean, same with all of them. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I have to go. Sky. Just that one song, the lay all your love on me. He looks Sophie, Sophie. baby. <laughs> oh my god, this guy looks beautiful. My heart aches right now. Like He's a beautiful man. It's kind of scary because of how old he actually is in real life, and um, but how well he plays the character. Yeah. Sophie's character so is so good. Um, and then of course Meryl Streep, a queen. Yeah. Um, and then of course with Pierce Brosnan and the dads and the, yeah. well, and the whole setting. So... Oh yeah, this is beautiful. If you don't watch Mamma Mia and then like, or if you watch watch Mamma Mia and don't feel like you need to go live on like a Greek island instantly, like it's just there's the magic to it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I gotta ask, what do you think of the sequel? You know, the first time I watched it, I absolutely hated it. Really? The second time I watched it, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I liked it. it. I had to watch it a second time to appreciate it. Because um, I was picking up on all the things. Cause honestly, I was quite confused the first time I watched it. Yeah, it's a it. very like, weird. I didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, where's her mom? Right? Yeah. Where did this hotel come from? I didn't like, realize the storm she... that I happened. Like, yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, yeah. And, like, uh, it just was so much of, like, what? Like, why? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. But then, like, the young Donna, like, came in. I was, just, oh, I was yeah. so confused. Um, what's her name? Lily. Lily James. Lily James, yeah. She did a phenomenal she's awesome. job. So good. And like she's got a great singing voice. Yeah. Like, and then when Cher comes in. Right. Oh, like yeah. you add Cher into anything. And like that's yeah. one, like, I'm not great with like impressions. I can do a pretty decent Cher impression with the song <laughs> Fernando. Mm-hmm. And it was I'm not gonna do it I um I could. <laughs> that may be a different podcast. No. Impressionist. <laughs> Um, no, um, I feel like I would be held to a scrutiny, a level of scrutiny, but, um, <laughs> replace the podcast just this time. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but no, the second one, I, I definitely agree. It was kind of confusing the first time I watched it. Um, cause I didn't, I want, I don't like to research movies too much before mm-hmm. I watch them. I like to go in with some of like, just like the blind optimism. Yeah. I think you mean that yeah. sometimes, um, especially in the age where like, like media is just like infiltrating everything like yeah. you just i i like not knowing all the spoilers or things like that and so i didn't read much about it so i was also confused when mm-hmm. i watched it and i will definitely say like i love some of the abba songs they incorporated mm-hmm. into it like they did they did amazing with that um and then like 
cinematographically is that the word for it Cin- like cinematography yeah yeah the um the yeah it was a lot better than the first one very yes. very definitely um some of like uh, it was just it was interesting the storyline i didn't enjoy as much because it just it wasn't that same like magic i feel like as that first mm-hmm. one where yeah, it wasn't just, like, simple yeah it's this yeah like it's just the first one's just this free-spirited you know like it's yeah. a very simple plot line when you look at it but it's like why not have fun with it yeah and yeah i just i love mm-hmm. it yeah, that's a good pick. Mm-hmm. That's a really good pick, yeah. I'd have to, yeah, yeah. hands down. I'm glad you picked that one, because that was one of the ones that was in the running for mine as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Um, that's one, like, especially, like, freshman and sophomore year, my roommate and I, we would, like, sometimes we would, <laughs> we'd walk in, like, sometimes multiple times a week, and we'd just be like, can we watch Mamma Mia? Like, <laughs> well, my yeah. friend and I, like, every time we drove home, yeah. Mamma Mia soundtrack, there yeah. and back. And it's like, it's like, one of us is sad? Mamma Mia. Yeah. You're really happy about something? Mamma, Mama Mia. Mia. You're angry? Mamma Mia. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, a, there's an ABBA song for everything. Mm-hmm. And it, Mamma Mia fits really well with that as well. Also, the creativity of being able to take an album. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. turn yeah. it into a, a storyline. Like, yeah. I want to do that. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't really know ABBA as well. But, like, mm-hmm. they didn't. That album's not like a concept album, right? It's just an album. It's, it's just like, an album. It's just an album. That's Crazy. Yeah, just a good old jukebox musical. There are some good ones that have like done really well with that. I, I think it was. I'm pretty sure they were like, it was either written or helped out by uh, a couple of the singer. original Abba guys. But, yeah, but I'll say the, the other one too is uh, Green Day's uh, American Idiot. Oh yeah, I've heard yes. good. Th- I've never seen That's it. I've heard good one. things about it though, about so how good. they like developed it. Moulin Rouge is another really oh, good one. Yeah. I love Moulin Rouge. If you've never seen it, you and McGregor singing to you like it's it's a good thing. <laughs> um, and then Nicole Kidman's in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there are some other like it's it's so interesting. Like um, like you know the song um, Roxanne by like Toto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you take this like classic song they turn it into a tango for this movie wow. it's called el tango de roxanne and it's like it's so over dramatized but yeah. i love it so much i love the vibe of it and there are so many other cool songs um like um, there's a whole mel- like medley of different really popular like love songs and things mm-hmm. like that um uh, Ewan McGregor's character does a version of your song by Elton John, you know, yeah. so yeah. beautiful. And then there was one original song called Come What May, and like, oh, that just it hits me in my feels every time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. All those are great ones. I mean, that's like musical, like, I love movies that use popular music, but it's not a biopic. Like, I love biopics, like, uh-huh. you know, the, the Bohemian Rhapsody one, that was great. Um, the, um, the, the Elton John one. Yeah. Um, stuff yeah. like that, but there was one that came out that was because I'm a big Beatles fan, and it was yesterday. Oh, and it was yeah. such a dumb yeah. premise, but it was such a good movie of like wake up and you're the only one that remembers the oh, Beatles. Yeah. But the way they used the songs was so good mm-hmm. and so creative. Like I think that went because I I know that movie got like a lot of like like critiques on it yeah. and stuff like that. But it was kind of just one of those. It's just a fun movie. Exactly, it's you're like, allowed to have yeah, fun movies. Yeah. You just like go see. It's, it's not a a. It's yeah. not a scenario that holds up in any regard. Uh-huh. And what's funny to me is it shows how it, like people are like, oh, Beatles are overrated. Why would uh-huh. you make a movie about it? Well, the reason why they're so overrated, which I think they are a little overrated, but the reason they're so impactful is because if you can't make this movie because it influences – they've influenced so many artists. You can't make a movie where you have modern music look the same. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of the critique mm-hmm. kind of held up the movie as well. as like, well, that's kind of why it's a dumb premise, but it's why it's a fun premise because mm-hmm. you just got to run with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's just – it's a movie you don't – watch and break down you just watch it you know you just have fun with it Uh 
I think I think people need more of that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so my movie pick is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and it's one I've loved since I was, like, little bitty. And that's The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just one of those, like, anytime I watch it, um, you just, the story hits you again. And it's the beautiful story of, like, you know, you have, you have a woman who's, like, used to the life of the convent. She goes to kind of escape <laughs> her difficult past and things like that. And so she's there and trying to kind of run away from a lot of her fears. And then she goes to help the, like, the Von Trapp kids. And there are yeah. these kids who, you know, they've had a really harsh life because, um, you know, the dad's very yeah. military with them. And then their mother passed away. And obviously the movie, I mean, it's based on a true story of the mm-hmm. Von Trapp family. A lot of it is very heavily, like, Hollywoodized, you know. They, they amp up a lot of things. And I know one of the critiques from the actual like Von Trapp kids is they were like they made our dad seem so harsh and like he wasn't like that at all but it it made for a great movie and you you see all these like character developments and obviously the music of it is gorgeous Mm -hmm. and you have Julie Andrews and like that she's just amazing um in her own right and so many of the different things she's been in um but you have a like you have a lot of beautiful like musical elements in it so you have these classic songs like um the sound of music for yeah, one you know yeah. you just you open it's the hills are alive um and you're just like standing on a mountain yeah. in the alps and like you're just you're just jamming um and then um you know, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Um, <laughs> when all of your nun friends are just dissing you behind yeah. your back. Um, but it's it's pretty cute too because they've got a couple that like defend her and then 16 going on 17. Oh, I love like just song. skipping around a gazebo yeah. when you're 16 with the, the boy you just find, you know, the best thing ever. And then um, climb every mountain. And the specific one, uh, the specific like scene of that one I like because Maria d- sings it again at the end when they're crossing over into Switzerland, mm-hmm. right? But I love um, when um, the Mother Abbess, I think is what she's called. Um, I think that's like her character name. Um, or Abbess, I don't know how yeah. you pronounce it. Um, and um, But she's singing it to Maria um, when she's trying to convince Maria to like go back to their family. Oh, yes. Because Maria so runs good. back. She runs yeah. back to the convent because she's like I'm in love you know I'm messing up my vows yeah. that I've taken you know like I want to do this and um the the nun's kind of talking to her and she's just like you know like it's it's holy to do what you're doing too mm-hmm. you know like love is a holy thing in and of itself and she's kind of talking to her you know like you can't just run away from your fears yeah. yeah and so she comes back and she's singing climb every mountain to her just in that very like personal setting and ah, it's just beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah. then um one that I just like the one of the scenes that's just like distinctly my favorite is um, the my favorite thing scene <laughs> when it's pouring down rain yeah. outside, lightning and thunder. Anytime it storms, I kid you not, like I am in the mood to watch the sound of yeah. music because mm-hmm. of this. Like on a really rainy day, like I just love that, and because it's just I don't know, it's just such an iconic thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I loved it as a kid. There were a few movies as a kid that I would just watch like. Yeah. All the time. And my family makes jokes because they were like the longest movies ever. Yeah. And I would just want yeah. to watch them on repeat. So like the sound of music. I love the Star Wars movies, long yeah. movies. Um Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, that was oh, a yeah. really a big one. one. That was honest that's like 
Sound of Music and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang are a couple of my like favorites of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Swiss Family Robinson, another really yeah. long one, but it's just good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sound of Music, it just has a special place in my heart. You've got the love aspect of it. You've got kind of those personal struggles of like figuring out your place in the world yeah. and, you know, kind of going against something that you feel like you've believed for a long time and trying to find a way to adapt it into what you're feeling now. And then mm-hmm. um, you've got some, like, the the good versus evil. You have people that were, you know, it's based on the true story of, like, them resisting the Nazis, yeah. which is yeah. just this incredible plot line. Um, and then you have the element that they're doing it all through music. And yeah. it's just this kind of powerful element that binds it all together. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. There's just so much emotion in that movie. I just, I love it so much. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think the cool thing about The Sound of Music too is as a kid, I was not a big fan of it. And mm-hmm. like growing up, I think high school is when I really started to appreciate the movie a lot. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about the convent plot line because mm-hmm. like from a Catholic perspective, uh-huh. like I know for me, like dating hasn't always been like successful. And so like part of me is like, well, am I supposed to just go to the convent? Like yeah. where's where's my life supposed to be? Because currently like, single about to graduate college you're kind of just like where am I really supposed to be yeah. and it's just like this like midlife not midlife crisis and I was watching the sound of music the other day and I was thinking about it. I'm like you know like the cool thing that a lot of people don't realize about going to the convent it's the same thing as priesthood you go into it to figure out if that's the life you're yeah, meant to yeah. or called to be at and I think a lot of people look at the sound of music and they're like oh well she's just turning away from the convent mm-hmm. like and going for love but like ultimately like she's in the comment to figure out like is she meant to be yeah, a nun is that exactly. what she's called to do and knowing that she like followed her heart and like chose the married life mm-hmm. is a really cool testimony that i think a lot of people like don't think about yeah. um if they don't understand that catholic perspective mm-hmm. um of just like knowing like you might try something and that might not be like what you're meant yeah. to do because like obviously she was in the convent back out in the real world back into the convent back out in the real yeah. world and so it's like this back and forth um, which I think like growing up now is just such a cool plot line that I didn't appreciate as a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, and knowing like, just like the beauty of like, the, I guess like real like aspect of it. Cause it is based on a true story and just like the witness and testimony of like the family and like the, like trust in the kids and the dad. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's, that's a, a good pick. Yeah. Good it's a great pick. pick. I think, I think it's interesting that you bring it up as well of like how, impactful it is that you know she chooses the married life and Mm -hmm. things like that and I feel like a lot of times um like in the Christian world like you look at things like the priesthood and things like that and it's very much seen as like priests or nuns or preachers or pastors or things like that like they're the like epitome of like holy people because they're doing this they devote their whole life to God Mm -hmm. and you have this example of like you know even like the nun telling her like it's you're you're getting married you're doing good work in other ways and I think and obviously it's a very common thing in our society you know like people get married that's a big aspiration for all of them but to kind of look at it from the way of like it's equally as holy to do yeah. these things and you can like live your life in different ways and mm-hmm. still be a really good example of um like the the religion you want to yeah. reflect mm-hmm. and things like that and i think i think that's just a beautiful thing yeah. um mm-hmm. there are just so many things i don't know i don't even have enough words to talk about like no i get it how yeah. how beautiful i think that movie is but yeah and that is really interesting to think of it mm-hmm. from the catholic perspective um there's just so much beauty in like 
Catholicism as well. I'm personally not Catholic, yeah. um, but I think I find it very interesting, like looking at Catholic history and things like that. Um, and a lot of like even some of the music that they're playing, like at the Abbey that Maria is at, like mm-hmm. the morning Alleluia's. Um, <laughs> like that's one I like. I literally have it on like my music. I just listen to it sometimes, like driving in the car, like and you just. Um, and it's these very traditional and like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like I was a choir kid in high school, so yeah. we sang some of those like you know like the the older versions of things that would traditionally be sung by yeah. like, a choir of like nuns or monks or something, and mm-hmm. so like all this like old music and things like yeah, that. And it's, it's like. It, yeah, it's Cat, just it's, like yeah. Catholic and and um, Orthodox music is like so pretty. It's like it's beautiful. I have like a track on one of my playlists. It's like a it's like a study. It, it's all for the most part. It's all classical or religious music, like from various religions. Like there, like there's a really like mm-hmm. beautiful like a Hindu piece in there. That's like a, it's got like a sitar. And it's this mm-hmm. really long one. I love sitar. Um, but there's one in there that's like this like it's like a Ukrainian like national choir but they're singing some piece from like the orthodox church yeah. and it's like the most beautiful choir piece i've ever heard in my life mm-hmm. and it's like not i'm not a member of the religion i don't even know much about orthodoxy but it's just like so beautiful it's yeah and religious piece and obviously like a, a big goal of like those religious like pieces and things like that it's to make you like think about yeah. like the spiritual side of things so they always sound very ethereal and mm-hmm. like just this like just beautiful kind of thing um I don't know. It's just yeah. it's very neat. I do want to say on a, on a, on a more like basic aspect. I just love old old film. I love mm-hmm. old movies like with mm-hmm. that whole like cinema scope kind of color and mm-hmm. the big widescreen. You know, like sound of music is just mm-hmm. like when it when it just kind of pans out and it's all the Alps in the very beginning. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. this is a film. You know, yeah. this is like something you would go to the cinema for. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's something special. You know, that and it's a wonderful life or like the oh chance, like, my old, gosh, like, goodies. I am uh, like. I am mm-hmm. such a, like, I just, like, Christmas, there's not much we do as a family that I'm, like, super diehard about. I have to watch it. <gasps> we do, too. Every yeah, Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, like, and my parents, like, they all have their favorite movies, but that's mine. And, like, I'm like, we gotta watch it. Because for me, it's, like, as someone who, like, loves Christmas and, like, grew up with it, but, like, isn't into it for, like, the faith reason anymore, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful example of just how to be a great human being yeah. and appreciate your life and, like... What's funny is like I was I was telling Lily about it. I said, to me, it's like one of my favorite Buddhist films without being a Buddhist film because it's like mm-hmm. appreciate what you have. You mm-hmm. don't know how long it's going to be there, and like the whole idea of a small community, and it's such an American film, and just oh, I love that mm-hmm. so much. Like it's wonderful life. It's just that old school feel. And what's, yeah. what's crazy is the first time I ever saw it, I wasn't I wasn't that that young. I mean, I was like maybe 13, 12, and we went to this really cool renovated old school cinema in Belton, which is like about an hour and a half, around an hour away from, from Waco. Um, it was like a double feature. It was that. And then my mom's favorite Christmas movie, which is Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. So we saw that first and then it ended with It's Wonderful Life. And it was this thing of like, I'd never seen it before. And just like sitting down and being like, whoa, this is what movies like should be, mm-hmm. you know, with the narration. I love the old school, like, uh, how do they do it? Like, look here, you see? Like those kind of accents, you know? <laughs> Like what, is it the transatlantic? Yeah, transatlantic, yeah. transatlantic, yeah. The, yeah, Jimmy Stewart is, like, just so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so good. And then, like, the, of course, the romance plot is just, oh, it's yeah. so beautiful. And then just the, you know, the Christmas plot. Like, yeah. just the, oh, it's it's so good. That's, yeah, that and of music are so similar the more you, the more I think yeah. about it, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just phenomenal. But, yeah, that's a great pick. And especially because I think, like, those longer kind of old Hollywood movies in this kind of desert island scenario are just going to be better. I mean, you can just yeah. watch them. And they always have, like, kind of, you know... 
especially It's Wonderful Life, like stages. Like yeah. you can watch the first quarter of It's Wonderful yeah. Life in its own movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Like, time to go fish for my dinner. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm gonna take a break. You know. <laughs> oh, that's like I love. Um, it's like one of my favorite films of all time. I have a poster of it. It's Django Unchained, yeah. and it's an amazing western. But it has stages. Like it has these. It's an old school Hollywood type of movie. Or um, Quentin Tarantino does a lot of that. Like he has like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie, ironically about the death of old Hollywood, like the mm-hmm. 1960s kind of fading into normal new Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it's in these stages, and it's a very much like. It's, you know, big, kind of widescreen, the colors, the, that kind of thing. Um, I just wish there were more films like that nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, more kind of, not presentations, but, mm-hmm. like, spectacles, yeah. you know? One thing I miss, like, I love with, like, old movies, too. Like, just big soundtracks. Even oh when gosh. it's not a musical. Like, yeah. opening, like, overtures and things yes. like that. Like, when you look at, like, cosmic movies. Like, even, like, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like, which is another favorite of mine. Like, you just have the, the big opening, and it goes through all the different little, like, the little themes from it and things yeah. like that. Um, and, like, when the credits were at the beginning of the movie, that's, like... Oh, yeah. It, I feel like that's such a neat thing that you look at with, like, old Hollywood, especially. Yeah. And it's this idea of, like, we're going to present to you the people who worked really hard, and you're going to watch it because yeah. these people worked hard yeah. at it. We're going to do this big intro thing, and you're going to you're gonna get, like, prepared for the movie and get excited about it. Um, and it's very different from that now when you look at, like, the credits at the end and, you know... Well, do you know, do you know who did that? What do you mean? Like, do you know who? Because I there's a story behind it. Go for it. Go yeah. for it. George Lucas. Okay. When he really? made Star Wars, was like, I want it to be this opening crawl with space. I don't want any of this. Because his whole thing was, I don't want to bog it down with yeah. 10 minutes of credits. And then people are kind of like, wait, what is this? You know, you want it to be very much like you're in the action, uh-huh. you're in space. He did it for A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And A New Hope, for those that don't know, Star Wars was a not supposed to be a hit. Uh-huh. Huge hit. The studio was like, all right, look, we're not going to get you in trouble this time, but like, don't do that again. Right? That's funny. He did it again. And he got fined it. On of money. See, that's funny because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I didn't. Yeah, like, and I never like, put two and two together Luke, for that. Lucas really—it's a whole story. But Lucas really did not like a lot of the studio stuff. Oh yeah. And that was a big thing where he was like, "Fine." He just paid the fine out of his yeah. pocket. It was like, "Take it out of my check," and he made so much money, it didn't matter. Yeah. And so when he kept doing it, mm-hmm. it started the trend. I mean, like, if you look like 1980, 81, when Empire Strikes Back came out forward, mm-hmm. the movie slowly started stop mm-hmm. to stop doing it, and it's like. He's the one that really started that, and uh-huh. it's hmm. it's weird because I think I think I like it both ways. I think some movies need it. You I know think what I mean? it depends what the film yeah. is, um, and so I think when you're talking about some of those grand like Hollywood pictures yeah, those and things are the ones, like that, yeah. those like I just love like the opening overture with it. But if you're looking at like like certain okay, so the specific end credits that comes to my mind right now, Mulan. Okay, you uh. know the end credits, and you know it's true to your heart. It's the uh, 98 Degrees and Stevie Wonder song that mm-hmm. they did for this movie, right? And I just like distinctly like like have that image of like the end credits rolling, and it's just like that song playing, and like it's just like a perfect like yeah. ending, and mm-hmm. like you have so many other examples yeah. of that, and like with the Star Wars endings, yeah. you know, like you just oh, go into yeah. the you go into the theme, and yeah. like it's or, just this or, like, great the, energy, the really cheesy, the cheesy two thousands freeze frame, and then credits go up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> um, doesn't ask so old Hollywood, uh-huh. beautiful cinema scope, kind of wide frame. Uh-huh. Credits at the beginning, I think. I may be wrong on that one. And musicals. Have you seen La La Land? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay, my fiance has been trying to get me to watch for forever, and you haven't watched. I haven't seen it yet. That's what he says too, and so like I totally trust him on that, and I I feel like I would from what everybody who knows me has told me. Um, and so I need to see it, and it's definitely on my list. But like anytime we have time to watch a movie, like recently especially, I've just been like so tired that like I haven't wanted to watch something new. Mm -hmm. Like I I've just very much been in like I need something I don't have to pay attention to. Like just kind of put it on in the background, kind. Of thing and so i i definitely need to watch mm-hmm. it but i want to have like an event of watching yeah. it like and I watch like, it like on a big screen like on like a tv or something not like a phone or yeah. laptop like yeah i would have loved to see that like in theaters oh, i feel it was like so good. And so it was did, how many times did you watch it twice i think twice. Yeah. i think i need to watch it again well, and that thing, that's the thing. I put it on my own notes. Like, I need to watch that, like, this summer. Because to me, it is a summer movie. And what's okay. funny is there's a montage in it. And the soundtrack has a thing called Summer Montage. Beautiful little, like, jazz piece. Oh, and yeah. it's like, to me, that was the first, I think, first, second year me and Lily were dating. And we saw that movie in theaters. It was phenomenal. It was super sweet. And it was kind of like, there were so many romantic parts of it that were, like, beautiful. And that, like, summer theme in my head is me and her, like, driving around. Like, Aww. the first summer that I had, like, my car and stuff. And it's, it's so like, cute. That movie's got some good memories with it. And, like, I really I need to rewatch that. it. Because, like, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in years. And that was, like, well, everyone makes fun of it. Because, like, oh, it, like, jokingly won Best Picture when uh-huh. Moonlight did. Uh-huh. Ha, ha, ha. But, like, both those movies, okay, both of them are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and La La Land is, in its own right, a great, great, great film. And yeah. does so much right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Yeah, be prepared. Some of the singing isn't the greatest, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like Mamma Mia or Sound of Music where the music is the focus. The yeah. music really is like the it's icing on it. Um, and it's very much like it's one of the more. What's funny is it's all about this kind of like it's a musical and it's very idealistic and it has some very like fantasy almost or like surreal elements. But it's one of the most realistic like takes on relationships that I've seen from a movie like that. It's Aww. not classic storybook it's not yeah. classic you know it, it's it's real and it's mm-hmm. it's very very good that's good i'll need to i need to watch yeah, it yeah definitely i'm looking do. it up right now to figure out where because i need to rewatch it because i, I remember we can watch it tonight i could we'll get some of the the, the movie popcorn. theater butter popcorn we're do also it. talking do about it. pizza we, yeah we were talking about cc's like alfredo pizza on the way over here we low-key may go get some when we're done um, yeah after we finish recording let me see if i own it i can let y'all borrow it because i i think i have it oh uh, i need to double check it but okay but yeah, well, okay, so. Looks like we got plants. I did perfect. <laughs> I, I, I want to end with this. I want to say thank you guys for listening. I know this was a lot more of kind of a freeform episode. I really enjoyed it, okay? Let me know. Um, comment, text me for most of you that have my number. Um, let me know if you liked it. I mean, I kind of like this more freeform. I like touching on other stuff besides just the main topics as well. Um, so I had a great time, all right? But I hope you guys did listening. Um, so let, let me know about that. Um, Thank you, Amy and Emily. Thank you so much for being on the show. Do you guys want to tell them where they can find you? Um, nah, I'll pass. Um, maybe you'll catch me on another podcast. Yeah. I'll be like a mysterious entity that just like <laughs> pops in. I'll be like one of those special guest characters, yeah. you know, like like I don't know, the the one you always think when they're not gonna come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you're not dead. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so absolutely. much. Just text Thomas if you want to get in touch with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, he obviously knows where to find us. <laughs> well, that'll be it, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, like I said, it'll be about a two-week gap or so, and then we'll have episode, um, oh gosh, episode five, I guess, coming up uh, in about two, three weeks. So hang with me there. Um, thank you guys for all your support. Hope to see you guys next time, and have a great one.